The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Every day, we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. We got some breaking news on this Friday. Welcome into Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. The Phillies have relieved Joe Girardi of his duties as manager. Can't say it's a shock, but it is official now. He will not manage the team any further. Rob Thompson will be the interim manager for at least the rest of this season. Uh, Bobby Meekum, also an assistant coach on the on the team, is out as well as the Phillies begin a three-game set with the Angels. Tonight, without further ado, Gunner Barrett, good to see you guys on up, this brother? Friday. We welcome Yo. in Ben Davis, Ben, analyst for the Phillies for NBC Sports Philadelphia, both in the studio and in the booth. He'll be in the studio tonight with Michael B. and Ricky Batalco. Ben, let, let's start with you on this one, man, uh, before we get into all the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh, surprised by the timing? Was it only a matter of time? Mm-hmm. Where do you stand on, on Joe being relieved of his duties? I am a little surprised on the timing just because they had the off day yesterday. I figured if they were going to do it, it would have been yesterday or possibly on Monday with another off day. Uh, so that kind of took me off guard. I read the, the first tweet today. Jim Salisbury said that he's hearing some news about a possible move being made. And then about 10 minutes later, you know, it, it came to fruition. Um, it just kind of surprised. The timing didn't really match up to when I thought it was going to happen. It goes to show you what I know, but. Um, I am a little surprised that, um, you know, they, they went with Rob Thompson, who's the, who was the bench coach. He and Girardi have a longstanding history together, um, pretty much going to be the same guy. Um, from looking at it, I think it's going to be it's more of a, a lateral move. I think it's, you know, they just felt like they needed to get something done. Fourth highest payroll in all of baseball, just not getting it done. Um, but for me, for me looking at it from an outsider looking in, I think it's kind of more of a, a lateral move. So, so Ben, when a decision is arrived at like this by the decision makers and all of you are dealing with baseball, do decision makers ever incorporate um, ideas from, let's say, anonymous players, um, maybe even co- other coaches? Or, do, or is it basically based on the front office people making these decisions usually? I think that maybe they would solicit a, an opinion from, from a star player or two. From my understanding, the players love Joe. 
Um, I, you know, they, he always had their backs. He looked out, had their best interests, had their health, uh, you know, as the number one priority. Maybe some, some info was solicited from a player or two. I doubt it in this situation. I look at it as here you have John Middleton and Bucks and the, the ownership groups, and they just weren't getting a return on their investment. I think that it, it comes down to that. They invested a ton of money, and I, I tip my cap to them for doing so. I think it needed to be done. It was done. They're just not getting a return on their investment. And, you know, if you're looking at it from a business standpoint, if, if you three fine gentlemen were in those shoes, were in their shoes, and you say, I just paid all this money, I'm not getting anything back. It's like if you go to the blackjack table and you keep losing money, losing money, losing money, you keep giving money to the pot, but you don't win anything, you're going to get out. And I think that's exactly. kind of what you're looking at right now. Mm. You know, I've been a part of a um, something like this. Um, I had a player, I had a, a coach quit in like week eight. Bobby Ross, I was with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And it lit a fire underneath us as players. Like, you know, all right, they let him go. I know it's a little different in baseball because your contract's guaranteed. But with us, you know, we actually play better after that. You know, do you gonna, are you going to get a sense these guys are going to do the same thing? Are the bats going to warm up? Pitching coach gone. I mean, what's going to happen with those guys in the bullpen? What is you know? What do you think from a player standpoint is going to happen in that locker room? Hmm. Well, I think they're going to realize that hey, that you know, if they let Joe go, then any of us are, are possible. You know, maybe with the exception of Bryce Harper, like everyone could be. You know, <clears throat> they're ex- expensable. I mean, it's, yep. it's the bottom line. Um, I think it's it's just a matter of time. I know we're we're I don't know how many games in forty five games in or whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's just a matter of time before these bats really start to wake up. I think right. that's inevitable. I, I think it's it's just this lineup is it's it can't be contained for that long. That being said, I still think that they're gonna be like kind of looking over their shoulder, like, okay, this happened to Joe. We better get our acts together. Right. Ben, how much of this it and not to you know, you know, certainly dance on anybody's grave, but how much of this is hey, look, the bats haven't been coming through with the exception of maybe Harper and you know, one or two others. The bullpen's been horrendous again. You know, how much of that is on the onus on the player versus Joe being able to get more out of these guys despite some of the struggles here or poor roster construction? Yeah, I think I think there's definitely some some flaws in the roster, especially with the bullpen. Uh, they just haven't been getting results. What do they have? They have nine. I think they have 93 walks out of the bullpen this year. Yep. You can't tell me that's Joe Girardi's fault. It's just right. not. He, he gets the guys. Hey, I need to get so and so up. If that guy comes in the ball game and he walks somebody, that's not Joe's fault. The, their number one top priority out of the bullpen is to throw strikes and get outs as quickly as you possibly can. It's again, it's not on Joe. To, Joe can't throw the ball for them, but he just had to work with the guys that he has available for that particular day. So, from that aspect, you can't blame Joe. Okay, so Ben, there's a lot of time between now and the trade deadline, and to take it a little further let's say from now to the end of the season, if this team stays on as a mediocre course, what could happen between now and the trade line? And more importantly, who's on the guillotine in the front office at the conclusion of this season? That's a good question. Um, I'll answer the second question first. I think, I think the front office is, is going to be fine. Uh, Dave Dombrowski isn't going anywhere. He's, he's got a proven track record. He's built winners over his career. Um, I, I don't think that there's a reason he was specifically sought after to go out and get. So from that aspect, I don't think the front office is going anywhere. Sam Fold, I think okay. those guys, they were all handpicked. I don't think they're going anywhere. Um, but who's, ex, you know, who could be moved at the trade deadline? 
I think maybe possibly a starting pitcher or two could get moved. If it really, I'm saying if it really, really, really right, goes right, it'd have right. to be bad. If they were to move an Aaron Nola, whose contract is pretty manageable. I mean, he's not making a ton of money. Right. Even Zach Wheeler is not making a ton of money for what he could give you and what he could give back in a trade. Um, Zach Eflin's on the last year of his deal. So who knows? Kyle Gibson on the last year of his deal. The starting pitch, he's been really good. So they, if they want to make some moves, that might be the way to do it. Maybe a Reese Hoskins who's making $7 million or 7.7, I think, this year. That might be an option. Uh, and move Boehm over to first base because these are contracts that, that very productive players, but they, I think they, were, they would get a lot back in return because of the price of the players, and it's really not that a lot of money in modern-day baseball. When I look at this, um, especially when I look at the roster, man, and as they go forward, I can't help but think, all right, is this a is this something, you know, that is, are they giving up? Are they giving up as far as, you know, what the production is going to be for this year? Um, is this like a precursor for, you know, all right, we're going to we're going to go ahead and, and, and elect, you know, the surgery, you know, for for the MVP? You know, I mean, you know, what direction you think they're going? Well, put it this way. The, the Phillies have the second longest non playoff streak in baseball, only compared next to that of the Mariners. There are going to be eight teams that, that make the playoffs this year, and it's only June 3rd. I mean, they have June, July, August, September. That's four months, four whole months of baseball that they can get back in this thing. I know mm-hmm. you're saying whatever, but the bottom line is I think their, their, their main objective is obviously to win the World Series, but I think their second main, just get into the playoffs. Just get into the playoffs and anything can happen. You don't know what could happen. That is their number one priority. They still do have four months of baseball left. That is a lot of game. And Barrett, you know, I see you in the studio. I say, I can't believe you're doing it again every day. It's every day. Yeah. So yeah. they have a chance to, to get back into it and, and make something happen. Again, four months, that's a lot of baseball. What about Bryce, though? I'm Bryce, sorry. I, I mean – He's not going anywhere. What's he have? Eleven years or no? He's got nine years left. Nine years left. No, no, yeah. talk about his forces. Will they elect him to do the surgery? Since I mean, you know, you said it's a long time, so I'll say, all right, they're still going to be competing. But you know, with with them, you know, letting their manager go, is that a precursor to Harper? All right, I'm going to go ahead and shut him down for the season, or you know, go ahead and elect to get the surgery, or he's going to stay, you know, status quo is what he's been doing. Yeah, I think he'll stay, uh, do exactly what he's been doing, keep getting his treatment on that elbow. Uh, I think they still have a, a couple more weeks left, maybe maybe 10 days before he can, uh, maybe two weeks before he can pick up a ball and try and throw and see if there's pain in that elbow. Uh, I think it was four weeks before he could pick up a ball when he had that PRP injection um, back in L.A. So if that really, you know, if it doesn't seem like it's working, and the team continues to, to plummet, maybe surgery is done so they can get him ready for next year. I just – I feel awful for the guy because he is right. doing everything in his power. He has yep. been, he's been exactly what they signed him to be. And you'd hate to waste the prime years of his career, A, being injured, and B, being on a team that's not competing. <clears throat> that's the part I feel badly for him. That's not why he came here. And, um, you know, right now he's doing a great job DHing. But I know he wants to get back out in the field. Mm. Ben, short of the bullpen's got to be better and they and the and the, the big boys have to start bopping, there's no doubt. What would you like to see differently from a philosophical standpoint, like that you didn't see under Girardi? What would you like to see this team do differently over the course of the remainder of the season to try to shake things up here and get going in the right direction? I'd like to see him just get back to the fundamental baseball. You know, 
they laid down a bunch of safety squeeze the other night. And I know that was Joe's call. Uh, and Joe's obviously not here anymore, but just some fundamental <clears throat> baseball. If a team is struggling offensively, maybe you get first and second, maybe you do lay down a sacrifice punt. Maybe you do put on a hit and run. Um, you know, I think this, this, the little things need to be addressed and carried out on a daily basis um, because those little things really do add up to be big things throughout the course of nine innings. Um, the bullpen, like you said, Rob, that would be my number one priority. These guys can't come in and just and walk guys and give up home runs. It ha- they have to be better. And, you know, um, other than that, obviously the bats have to keep coming alive. And losing Segura is, is a huge loss. And these young guys need to, to figure it out. They, they were great on Wednesday night, able to come through. Stott was great. Mayton, obviously, with a two-run homer. The young guys really, really showed me a lot. They're going to have to if Segura is going to be out for another three months. So, Ben, if, if Rob Thompson is Girardi part two because of their long history together, what leads us to believe he could have more of an impact on these guys? That's a great question, Gunnar. Um, and yeah. – Maybe he, maybe it won't be that big of an impact on the guy. Maybe it'll be just the same guy, but a different voice coming or making the lineup. Um, they're still going to have all the same analytical people in there. We have uh, uh, Kalichi's going to be the bench coach now. They yeah. got rid of Bobby Meacham, as, as we, we heard. Um, so, from an analytical standpoint, a lot of the same folks are still doing the same thing. So, um, as I said, I think it's more of a lateral move. It's just that it's coming from a different voice. Okay. And maybe that'll have an impact on the players just to maybe get it, get it in, in, you know, get it moving a little bit more. So let me follow up with this. Put yourself in the clubhouse. You were once in a big league clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Put yourself in the clubhouse on this team, going through what they've, they've gone through. Now the bomb is dropped. Your manager's gone. What are you guys talking about in the clubhouse? What should be talked about in that clubhouse? What should be talked about in the clubhouse is the same thing, whether Girardi was here or not, is, hey, boys, we needed to get get our acts together. We need to kick it in gear here. We need to be better. The ownership went out and paid a lot of money for us. We need to, to honor that and go out there and play good baseball, winning baseball. We have to start winning series. I always looked at my manager as kind of like, you know, if you're a little kid and you see your, your school teacher out other mm-hmm. outside the classroom, you look, it's like they almost would look like a deity, right? Like a, like a god. I always looked at my manager like that. My manager was the guy, whether I was in the lineup or not. Okay, Davis, you're in there today or not. He was the guy that was the supreme being. So I always wanted to treat the manager the same way no matter what, whether that was Joe Girardi or Rob Thompson. I would go into Rob Thompson. If I were a player in today's game, I'd go into Rob Thompson and I'd say, congratulations, you tell me to jump, and i say how high. That's the way I always looked at a manager. And I think they need to have that same mindset. It's not just like, oh, he's just the, you know, he was just the bench coach. Now he's our skipper. You know, you can't have that mindset. He still is the guy that's going to pencil you into the lineup, and you have to have that kind of respect. Mm. Ben, well, do, do you think Joe was too soft? I, I, I mean, honestly, there was a lot of stuff that went down in terms of baby and bullpen, baby and guys here. Left. Do you think he was too soft, and did the approach surprise you a little bit considering what the reputation was coming from the Yankees? Uh I think in certain areas he could have been a little little more bullish on with players. Uh, the three-day-in-a-row bullpen thing I never agreed with. Um, I just think you're, you're giving a, a player an out is what you're doing. Knowing that player's coming – that player knows going to the field that particular day, he's not going to play. And that's not the kind of mindset that you need to have as a professional because you need to go and get your work done. You need to make sure you get everything in line to get ready to play that particular night. 
that's not the mindset for a lot of these guys. If they're pitched two days in a row, they know they're not going to be in there in that third day. I think early on with some off days, I think they could have been in there a little bit more. I know there are a couple of times where JT got a day off and they just had played a couple of days. But, yeah, there was a day game. JT, you can play. You know, I, I think that was one of those things that, hey, maybe you're overreacting. I know it's a long season, but there's building off days. There's other days where you can get maybe two days in a row. And it didn't work out that way. I would like to have seen them maybe maybe force the issue a little bit more. I think you could say that. Well, I'm looking at um, you know, we're talking about bats and you know how how this how the lineup is, you know. I mean, the last game they won, the back of the lineup is is what what you know really stepped up and they won the game. Yeah. Where what part of the lineup you think you think is gonna change going into this game and for the rest of the season? You know, how do you think things are gonna be divvied up? Well, first and foremost, the top of the lineup needs to be better. And I know Schwerber's there. He's been better the last couple of games. We've seen Hoskins there. They just don't have a prototypical leadoff guy. Lead they don't guy. have yeah. a Ricky Henderson. You know, they don't have a Kenny Lofton or Jimmy Rollins, a guy at the top of the lineup that can be that prototypical leadoff guy. Um, and that's really hurt them because Bryce Harper's come up a lot of times with nobody on. You know, they, yeah. have, a lot of, they have a lot of solo home runs. Um, that, that needs to be better. The bottom lineup, as you said, Barrett, the other night, it was pretty good. They, they got production from the bottom of the lineup. But the bread and butter of this lineup is the middle of the lineup. You know, you got you got Harper, you got Castellanos, you got Real Muto. Uh, JT needs to be better. Castellanos is getting better. Uh, Schwarber is getting better. Harper's been the same guy all year. And Hoskins, I think, needs to be a little bit more consistent. There's stretches where he'll go two weeks, he's hot as a firecracker. And then there's the next two weeks, it's you know, it seems like he can never get on base. So the consistency, I think, needs as a whole needs to be better throughout the course of the lineup. The, the bottom of the lineup, they're going to have good days and they're going to have bad days. But the middle of that lineup, the, the core one through six in that lineup need to be better consistently. Yeah, they might go up and put up 13 runs on a given day, but the next day they can't go out there and, and give you nothing, give you one or two runs. It puts too much pressure on the pitching and especially the bullpen. Ben, thank you, brother. Thanks for jumping on, man. We look forward to seeing Appreciate you tonight. You, ben. Yeah, My pleasure, on, guys. Free and post game show. Anytime. Thanks yeah. for having me. Take See you care, tonight, bro. bro. That is Ben Davis, uh, NBC Sports Philadelphia. Again, you can catch him pre and post game show before the game tonight and afterwards with Michael B and Ricky Buck. So we haven't had a chance to really kind of kick it around, guys. And Todd, well, before, before we get to that, Rob, tell me, man, give me your honest opinion. We didn't, we didn't even talk about this in in our in our pre meeting. You we usually do, man. Sure. Sorry to you know stop everything, but. Give me your sense of what's going on in the organization. Are they, are they, are they, do you think that they're, um, all right, we're just going to wait till next year or, or what, what are the, what's the organization thinking as far as what you see? I, I don't think they're punting yet, Barrett. I don't think they're, I don't think you can punt in the first week of June. So I don't think they're punting yet. Um, if it's announced and I, we haven't heard anything, I'm not saying this is what's happening. I'm just telling you if and when, or, or maybe hopefully it doesn't happen. But if Harper gets to the point where that arm can't go anymore, and he shut down, and you're you're without Segura until probably uh, late August. Then I think you're going to see moves made. Then I think you're going to see guys start to be traded off. That's when. I, but I think right now they're still trying to win. Um, I think the Thompson thing is very strange. I would have mm -hmm. gone Dusty Wathen. I would have blown Thompson out if I'm being real about this because he is a Girardi guy. That part to me is weird. Uh, I still think there's a heavy influence of analytics that went beyond Joe Girardi. And I think it's you're still going to see it, and that's going to frustrate Phillies fans, but I think it's still a big piece of what's going on here. Um, 
you simply couldn't go on like this. I've been telling you guys this for why I think, and I've been laying out my reasons, not just fire him. He stinks. I don't think Joe Girardi's a terrible manager, but when your team underachieves the way that they did, when you have the payroll that they did, when the, the GM didn't hire you, these things are recipes for a guy being gone. And there, there's nobody that can tell me that this team, look, I, I think there's a lot of things that can be true when you look at certain situations. I think the players have let them down, but I also think the manager hasn't done anything to pick them up. A great example is the Mets, and I hate, hate mm. pointing this out. They lose, they basically DeGrom the entire season, who's arguably the best pitcher in baseball. Scherzer, they've you know been without for now, uh, whatever it's been, three weeks, a month. Somehow, someway, they overcome all this stuff, right? And they just keep winning, man. And that's where I think there was a lack of inspiration for Girardi. I hope it's a wake-up call, like Ben said, for the players, because there's a lot of dudes that need alarm clocks in that, in that clubhouse, man, that are pulling their weight. But the problem is you see a lot of the same problems we've seen inherently for years. The bullpen's been garbage for years. The fact that you don't have a center fielder right now is because you've whiffed on drafts for years. This stuff's been going on for far too mm-hmm. long with this organization. So um, I think they're still trying to win, Barrett, to answer your question now. But if you see Harper go down, that's when I think things could really change dramatically in terms of trades being made and and essentially, you know, Selling off parts. Well, you so, know, I'm, I'm a I'm a casual I'm a casual baseball fan. So I'm asking you, D Gun. You watch it way way more than I do. What do you see in that locker room? Do they have enough? Sure, they have enough on paper. See, your manager took the brunt of the bullets for what has happened up to this point. And did he make questionable decisions? Yes. But you got a lot of high priced people in that clubhouse that have not lived up to expectation in a lot of areas. This is now on the players. Basically, you have, and I hate to use this term, but I can't think of a better term. Basically, you have a lame duck manager guiding this ship from now until the conclusion of this season. This ship is going to sink or swim. The players can no longer hide behind the manager. They're going to be in a very critical market like Philadelphia. They are going to be nitpicked from this point on. And that's why I asked Ben, If they continue on this mediocre course, what could happen from here? Because you can't make wholesale, even if you hit the trade deadline and you make some changes, you can't make wholesale changes. You can't. It's not going to happen. Because everybody doesn't want everything that you have. And if everything that you have is appealing, continues to go downward instead of upward, well, guess what? Your trade power is weakened. So you don't want to take somebody else's mediocre stuff, give up a potential all-star and take a, somebody else's mediocre stuff and then have another mediocre product on the field in 2023. Like okay. Bomb. You say like, like bomb, right? Yeah. Now this kid has a lot of promise. Do you want to give up on him right now and take somebody else's triple a prospects? You know, what is a prospect? Exactly. That he has a chance to make it to majors. We don't know. We have to wait and see. You have a team built right now or allegedly built right now that should be competing with the Mets for the division title. And as Rob has mentioned, as we've talked about time and time again on this show, it's about heart. This Mets team has overcome a lot of adversity, and they're standing at the top of the hill, and everybody else is trying to climb that hill to get up to where they are, and they're not giving up that hill without a fight. No matter who falls by the wayside in that Mets clubhouse, they're still finding a way to get it done night in and night out. This Phillies team can't get out of its own way. It's fouled up bleeps and blunders. It's inconsistency at the plate. Once you get past three or four of the starters, 
anytime your bullpen comes in, you cross your fingers and toes and hope that it's not just a job, but it's going to be an adventure as well. This is on the players now. The front office assembled this mess. mess. Um, 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 Ben Davis just said Dombrowski's not going anywhere. That doesn't mean people below him might not take a hit somewhere down the road, okay? So basically, you've got this hefty payroll that is underproducing. You got a Saks Fifth Avenue payroll, but you're getting a Kmart result right now. So somebody needs a kick in the butt in that clubhouse. There's no excuse. Ben Ben Harper's uh, Bryce Harper's hurting, but he's still in the lineup now. Segura is a big loss, especially defensively. Now they're going to have to try to make that up somehow, but they still have enough in that clubhouse to do some damage. Now they're going to face an Angels team tonight that has lost eight games in a row. A month ago, the Angels were leading the AL West. Mm -hmm. Now they've dropped to second place. They've lost eight in a row, and that includes six straight on the road. They've come in here tonight to open a weekend series. The Phillies should go out and bomb this team right now, tonight. They should. Let let me give you a theory on the timing, too, guys. Tell me what you think about this. The last series the Phillies played was against Gabe Kapler, right? The The last guy they bounced. I don't think they wanted to fire him, he being Girardi, with Kapler in town. I think that's why they waited and let it go a day just to let it settle. It's a bad look for them. It's a bad look. That's why I think it didn't happen either before the Giants series, which it probably should have after they get swept by the Mets, or or even the day after they wanted to kind of give it a little bit of respite. Like you can see through these kind of things. But back to, to your point, Derek, and, and, and to maybe help further answer the question, Barrett, there's things – look, a guy's up there and he's trying his ass off and he strikes out. All right, it sucks, but you can live with it. When a guy doesn't cover first base who's a pitcher that's drilled into your entire life as a pitcher, that to me is not caring. That to me is not doing your job. That to me is not being alert. That's emblematic of this team. There's too many guys that there's not a sense of urgency. How many times do we hear the spin coming out of there? Hey, it's early. It's, it's only June. It's only May. Right, you hear that kind of stuff, and that's a built-in excuse. Oh, we're not playing that well, but we'll we'll flip a switch. No, there's no more flip switching. I think at least what this does is say, from a management standpoint, we don't think it's early anymore, guys. And guess what? He's gone, and if you don't start winning, you will be next. You might be real comfortable here here in Philadelphia. You might like this clubhouse, but this isn't working anymore for us. And we're paying way too much money for you guys to be asleep at the wheel like you have been. So guess what? Change is coming. And if you don't think so, just, just go look in the manager's office. You're next. So I do think that's out there now. I said last week, I said it earlier this week, and I'll say it again today. When I look at this Phillies team, I don't see a, a lack of effort. I think, I think they're giving effort. What I see is a lack of execution, the end result. Fundamentals. The, the fundamentals, um, the inconsistencies at the plate. On the mound, in the field, that is what I'm saying. And and the things that they're doing wrong are things that are easily correctable. Now, baseball is a hot and cold business. You can have the best lineup in the game. You hit cold streaks. That's baseball. You know, I don't care who you are and what level you play the game. That's baseball. Mm -hmm. But when you have a, a lineup like this team does, somebody or somebody's always bring you out of their slump or they hold it down until everybody else picks up the slack. Bryce Harper was that guy 
Okay, and we don't know how how much longer or how effective he can be. They keep telling us, oh, he'll be fine. Oh, and he'll be fine. But Barrett, as you know, having been in a pro locker room, me covering games, baseball, football, basketball for as long as I have, what they tell you is not always the reality of what is. Okay? They only tell you, meaning us and the media and the fan base, what we need to know at that particular time. Heck, and sometimes trainers and doctors don't even tell players exactly what, what, what the problem is. You know, and that's that's a Travis travesty in itself. And you have players going out there playing, thinking they're okay, and doing further damage to certain certain parts of their body. Yeah. Now, at some point, at some point, somebody's got to explode in their clubhouse. Somebody. And I don't mean, you know, well, we're trying, we're having clubhouse meetings. Somebody's got to take the bull by the horns and explode. You yeah. know what? I've had that happen before. That's that's why I'm I'm, I'm trying to get it because. Like I said, I'm a casual baseball. I, I don't watch baseball every day. I watch the Phillies, you know, just to keep a sense on, you know, what's going on in my city. But long story long, I, I mean, I know what it is to be in that locker room, have, you know, coach on the hot seat. I've been in the locker room where I've seen a guy blow up, you know, and and, and Joey Porter did it uh, when I won the Super Bowl that year. Joey Porter went off. He exploded because we had just got our ass kicked. On a Monday night football game with right, the Colts. Right. They beat us to sleep, made us like it. And we flew home. And it's a Monday night game. So we're flying home. We get back. And just before we land, it's like 10 minutes before we land, Joey jumps up and gets everybody's attention on the plane. Everybody, coaches, and everything. He said, Don't even go home. Go straight to the facility. I got something to say. Mm. And went to there. We had a players only meeting at 3 30, 4 o'clock in the morning. And he said, look, coaches, get out for a second. He, as, as a man to man, he said, look, every man to himself, win your individual battles. If you don't think you can win, get the hell out. Mm. Call the coaches in. Coaches, if you don't think we can go to the Super Bowl and take Jerome Bettis to the Super Bowl and win in his hometown for his last game, you can get out too. And sometimes you need that type of, 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 of fire yeah. to get you going and get the rest of the team going. And, and from that point on, you know, we, we – you know, we fought and we we scratched and clawed every single game after that. We didn't necessarily win every game. We won enough to get into the playoffs. We were the, we were the wild card. And number six winning, seed. You know what I'm saying? Number yeah. six seed. That's yeah. right. So, you well know said. I mean? It's, it's, it is what it is. You know, they could, they could turn it around. I just need to know from a baseball standpoint if I'm in the right ballpark. No, you are. I think you absolutely are. Let, let's do this, guys. Let, let's catch our breath. We'll come back. Uh, we'll keep rolling. Todd Zalecki is going to join us from MLB.com. A little later in the show, Derek Bodner is going to join us to talk Sixers and Celtics. We have our top five AFC QBs. We promise we will get to it today. A uh, little, little shakeup in the play calling for the Eagles offensively. little news coming out of uh, some of their, their, their OTAs here. So we'll get into all of that. Don't go anywhere. We got a lot more in store for you. That's for sure. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. I want to tell you, it's it's a perfect time of year to, to, to get it with Station Tap Catering because you have graduations coming up and already underway. You have weddings. You have uh, communion parties. You have baptisms. You name it. They can take care of you. And, and also, keep this in mind, all right, Station Tap Catering in Drexel Hill can handle your next business function with ease while you focus on securing a new opportunity for your business. They have 50 years of experience at food preparation. Station Tap Catering will impress and your guests will be impressed. Take it from me. I have used their services. They are phenomenal. The food is ridiculous. The wings, the fries, the, the, the pasta, the salads, the cookies, 
They're all great. Station Tap Catering provides delicious food for private events, corporate functions, individual packaged meals, you name it. Got tailgate coming up. Head down to the Phillies, Eagles soon. They are the people for you. Give them a call, 484-469-3222 or go stationtapcatering.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Friday, everybody. TGIF. Welcome back in Sports Take. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, along with Barrett Brooks. Big news of the day. Uh, came down probably boy, about two hours ago, somewhere in that neighborhood that the Phillies have relieved Joe Girardi of his duties. He is out. Rob Thompson will take over as the interim manager for the Phillies. They also relieved Bobby Meekham of his duties, an assistant coach. Uh, so Joe Girardi's tenure here with the Phillies ends at 22 and 29. 
this season, look back at his career here with the Phillies. He was 132, 141, which is good for a 484 win percentage. Gents, let's continue discussing Phillies. He's covered the team for a very long time, both for the Philadelphia Inquirer and MLB.com. Does an excellent job and has for a, a very sustained period of time. Todd Zalecki. Hey, Todd, uh, thanks for hopping on with us, man. I know there's a 2 p.m. Sure. press conference and you're you're hustling down there, so we certainly appreciate you taking a couple minutes, man. Um, so, Todd, let's start with this. If you had to look back at the tenure here that didn't even last, what, three years for, for Joe Girardi, how would you sum it up and, and what went wrong to the, the point that this guy didn't even finish out his, his, his tenure? Well, I, I think certainly you look back at, at this time and you say it's a disappointment, big disappointment. You think about the how excited people were in October of 2019 when they had the introductory news conference at the ballpark. You know, two years of Gabe Kapler, two late season collapses. You bring in Joe Girardi, World Series champion with the Yankees. And as a player, it was like, well, this is the guy that's going to make sure these collapses don't happen. He's going to push all the right buttons. And then certainly it, it, it did not happen. They were terrible in 2020, thanks to one of the worst bullpens in baseball history. They underachieved again last season, and, and you now this season goes without saying. So just a, just an overall disappointment, you know, from that, like I said, that that people were so excited when he got that job. And then to the last few weeks when people were like, get him out of town, he's the worst. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily true. I think this was a desperation move in a lot of ways, but, you know, clearly a change needed to be made. So, Todd, Todd, when you get to this press conference today, what's the first thing that you want to ask? I, I want to ask Dave Dombrowski, why do you think this will help when yeah. it seems to me this roster is so severely flawed in mm -hmm. so many different ways? That's the thing I would like to him to answer. Now, he's probably going to say, well, you know, we just feel like we needed a new voice. But I don't care if it's Rob Thompson, Jim Leland, Charlie Manuel, whomever. Are they going to make them catch the ball better? I, I highly doubt it. Um, are they going to make the bullpen start throwing more strikes? I doubt it. I think if it happens, it's just going to happen because it happens, um, not because Rob Thompson is all of a sudden getting these guys to play better defense. So that's my thing, because I just think that you look at this roster and it's there's a lot of holes. There's a lot of holes right now that need to be fixed. Hey, hey Todd, so let, let me follow up. Why Thompson as opposed to Dusty Wathen? Thompson so closely associated for so long with Girardi. Uh, is that because you just you, you sort of want to keep the same principles in place with a different voice? I mean, it would seem to me you'd you'd want a break of that. Why not Why not somebody else other than the guy who has been his right-hand man for such a long period of time? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think maybe just because of the experience involved. You know, I'm sure, you know, you're right. Rob, Rob has been Joe's right-hand man for years and years with the Yankees and the Phillies. But maybe, maybe Dave Dombrowski in the front office see enough differences there that they think it can be that – that there can be some sort of tangible change. Um you know, so, you know, for instance, I, I go back to last Tuesday in Atlanta. Maybe Rob Thompson has Corey Knebel pitch that ninth inning. Maybe they win that game. Maybe uh, maybe Rob thinks that that three, you know, that three day in a row rule is ridiculous. Um, I'm sure we'll get to ask him that, that question today. That'd be, that would be something I would like to ask Rob. Um, so the experience factor involved, I, I think, has something to do with it. Well, I mean, we'll see. 
Hey, Todd, anytime a good team in any sport, a team that's allegedly good on paper goes bad, there's somebody in that clubhouse or locker room who all of a sudden will explode and, and is not afraid to speak openly to the media. I know a lot of times teams like to keep stuff behind closed doors, but you have that one guy, that one fiery personality that's not afraid to get in people's faces and speak publicly about what we need to do. Do the Phillies have that kind of player in their clubhouse? You know, I don't know if they have that that type of exact guy. You know, I will say that of the veteran hitters that are on this team, they're all very accountable. I mean, I'm telling you, people always ask me, like, what's Bryce Harper like to deal with? And I tell you what, after every game, whether he plays, doesn't play, has a good game or does not, he gives us a look like, if you guys need to ask me questions today, I'm here to answer questions. Now, is he, Is he? you know, a, a few weeks ago, he had he held a little brief talk after a bad loss uh, to the Mets. So he he's the type of guy that might say something from time to time. Kyle Schwarber is that type of guy. Dave, Dave Dombrowski specifically brought him in to be that type of leader coming off uh, his time with the Chicago Cubs. So they have a, they have a few of those guys that, you know, might stand up and say, you know, things need to change. Um, you know, and I think you need those everyday players out there to, to be those voices. Todd, let, let me ask you, you know, you, you, you there's no doubt that John Middleton is spending. He's over the luxury tax, fourth highest payroll. Nobody would question that. But, uh, you know, we're seeing the same trends here from from Gabe to, to Girardi to, uh, you know, I go back to McCann in the end of Charlie, whatever. You know, the same trends here are happening with this team, and it feels like you're just in this cycle. What needs to change organizationally to get this thing going aside from just, hey, it's all on the manager? Well, I, I think this goes – I think this is the culmination of a, of a huge failure by Andy McPhail, former Phillies president Andy McPhail and, and general manager Matt Klintak, to rebuild this organization. I mean, they – you remember when – when Ruben Amaro got fired in, in uh, 2015, I mean, everybody in baseball said, oh, man, the Phillies are a sleeping giant. Like, if you're going to be a new GM, new president, that's the organization you would want to be right now because they have all the resources to spend money, and they're at the beginning of a rebuild. So they're going to stockpile draft picks. They're going to they're gonna draft and develop some top-tier talent, and then they're going to go out and spend money and – and, 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 and add to that, that talented core. But they totally botched the rebuild. And, you know, you think back, they had Cornelius Randolph, Mickey Moniak, Adam Hazley, three consecutive years, three outfielders. Um, Moniak's the only one that's left. And who knows if he ever turns out to be anything more than, than a fourth or fifth outfielder. So they ended up throwing a ton of money to try to fix their problems and a lot of those players, when you look at them individually, you go, wow, super talented. But it just has not – the pieces have not fit right. You know, like, for instance, this offseason, they get Schwarber and Castellanos. A couple of, you know, on most teams, DHs. Well, now they're both playing in the corner outfield spots. Reese Hoskins is a, probably a DH type of guy. Um, you know, Alec Bohm is, is probably more maybe a future first baseman than maybe a third baseman. So they have run out. I mean, I went back and looked at this the other day. They have been running out one of the worst defenses in baseball every year since 2012. 
Wow. I think I think one year they were a top, a quote unquote top ten defense. Every other year since then, a bottom ten defense, and that is such a killer. You know, it's a it's a rally killer. It extends. You know, it makes your starting pitchers throw more pitches. It makes your bullpen throw more pitches. It puts so much pressure on the offense, and that's something they just have not been able to solve. So, Todd, let me ask you this, as I asked Ben Davis a short while ago. If this team continues on its mediocre trend to, to the trade deadline, what do you do? What do you see this team doing? That's a great question. So, right now, I feel like they're so boxed in um, with the lineup that I, I feel like the only thing that they could possibly do is try to add another arm or two for the bullpen. Uh, and I don't know that that solves a lot, you know. I mean, really, when it comes down to it, you need Corey Knable to pitch better, and, and Brad, you know, Brad Hands pitched pretty well. You need Familia to pitch better. You need Jose Alvarado to come back from AAA and pitch better. Uh, you need Connor Brogdon to pitch better. Um, so I, I think maybe maybe you add to the bullpen, like because when you look around the roster, I, you know, I guess you could go out and get a center fielder. But I, I wrote this last week, and I, and I, I still believe this. I understand that people hate you know, Odubel Herrera and don't want him around. But when you look at this team as a whole, he's probably not in their top 10, in my opinion, of problems. You know, I think mm. you look at, you look at, uh, Ria Muto's underperformed Hoskins. They got nothing from shortstop. Schwarber's underperformed. Castellanos hasn't been hitting the ball. Great. You know, um, you know, Canable's underperformed. Familia's underperformed. Uh, Jose Alvarado's underperformed. The defense has been terrible. All that's, and you get, you know, Odubel Herrera is the number nine here. So I guess you can maybe go out and get a, a upgraded center field, but I don't know how much that helps you. Todd, let me ask you about Harper just to swing it back. And, you know, I know that he told you guys after, I guess it was uh, Wednesday's game, that doesn't think it's a big deal, the soreness in the forearm. They're going to, you know, just continue to do what they're doing. And he's hoping to be, I haven't seen anything about a lineup yet. Forgive me if it's out already, but yeah. he was hoping to be back in the lineup tonight, et cetera. I, I see that, and I'm scared, man. You know, I'm, I'm looking at it, the guy who got the injection a few weeks ago, and there's still soreness in there, and he's gutting it out to his credit. But what happens if they come to the realization that he's got to shut this thing down? I mean, is, is that when you start to see them maybe attempting to maybe move some parts here? Or do they have movable parts, if that's the case? Yeah, so when I when I talked to him, on when, I, I'm telling you – and. It, he did not sound concerned at all. And I, and I based that off of before he got the PRP injection, he wasn't like super optimistic, but he's, he, there was kind of some unknown in his voice. Like, uh, you know, I don't know. We're just going to, boy, we're going to have to play it by ear. And hopefully this thing starts to feel better. But when I, when I talked to him on Wednesday after, after the game, I said, you know, people are going to think that this is, this thing's going southbound. He's like, Oh no, 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 no. I, I think I should be, general soreness I, I it's not from playing it's not it's not because this thing's getting worse so for whatever it's worth right now that doesn't mean a week from now they're not going to go we're going to shut them down completely that that certainly could happen but i'm just basing it off his body language and his tone of voice in fact i asked him i said you know people are going to freak out about this or freaking out about this he kind of laughed he's like oh no 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 this isn't this isn't anything bad i don't think it's anything bad i i think i'll be back in there on friday uh but if they do, if it does go south and they do have to shut it down, yes, you, you know, movable pieces. Uh, I, I do think they have some movable, movable pieces. Um, I think Kyle Gibson is a guy that could be traded. He's in the last year of his deal. You know, I mean, if you really want, if you really think you need to do a massive retool, 
Uh, you could trade somebody like Aaron Nola. Uh, he's got a club option for next season. Uh, Zach Eflin, you know, they've got a mutual option for him for next season. I mean, you could start going in that direction. Uh, you could trade, you know, Knable's in the la- Knable's on a one-year deal, Hand, Familia. All those are valuable late-inning bullpen pieces. You could start moving some of those guys. And even, even you know, Didi Gregorius, you know, so you have a lot of guys in the last year of the deal. I don't know what you would get for Didi, but say he gets on a hot streak before July, you know, uh, maybe maybe you could find some moves. So they do have some pieces that that they could trade if they sit there and go, all right, we're get, we got to cat, we got to tap out on 2022 and and see what we can do to rebuild in 2023. Todd, let, let me go back for a second. And you brought up uh, the the Clintech McPhail disaster, and there's no other way to put it with with all right. the resources that were in front of them. Was this just simply in McPhail's case, maybe one guy, a guy who would kind of pass by, but. Clintac over his head. Were they too analytically driven? I mean, there were so many whiffs on spectacular draft picks. I mean, you were in a position, like you said, to really kill it with high picks, including Moniac first overall, et cetera. Why was that such a, and, and a lot of that falls on Middleton for hiring them. I get it. But why did that fail so badly? Bill got the job as team president and he hired Matt Clintac and he made a point uh, to say, I'm going to stay out, you know, I'm going to let Matt Clintac be the GM. Like, I've had presidents and medal, medal some owners in the past, and, and I didn't like that, so I'm going to stay out of the way. But what he did is he basically completely tapped out of everything and very, very rarely stuck his nose into anything okay. and let this thing, let Matt Clintac and, and, and Ned Rice and, and Brian Minetti kind of just run the show and, and just kind of, like, run the rebuild into the ground. So he was totally, took his hands off the wheel completely, almost like to the point where I should say almost to the point where but to the point where people inside the organization were going, I don't know what Andy's doing. Like, well, I don't know what his daily, daily job is. I don't know what he does every day. Uh, Cause he doesn't really do baseball ops. And, you know, he kind of does some stuff with business side, but you know, I don't really know what he does. I think with Matt Clentak, super analytically driven. And I'm not opposed to that because it works for the Dodgers. It works for the Brewers. It works for the Giants. It works for the yeah. Red Sox. But I think they had a bad analytics department, and they leaned on it too much to the point where they dismissed any outside, anything, any like scouting advice, any sort of negativity. They just dismissed it and went full analytics. And again, like if you have the Dodgers analytics department or the Brewers analytics department, then yeah, you lean on those guys because you know they're good. But I feel like this group was not good, and they leaned on him anyway. <laughs> and so you end up you end up drafting Adam Hazley because he had great analytics at the University of Virginia. When you might have had some scouts say, "I don't think you should take him. I think you should take this kid, Trevor Rogers, a high schooler, a 19-year-old high schooler." And they said, "No, no, 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 no. You don't know. You don't see Adam Hazley's exit velo at the University oh, of Virginia. Gosh. We're going to go with him. He's because 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 the numbers there, boy, they are impressive. And they have the scouts going. I don't know this this Rogers kid. He he seems like he could be a good starting pitcher. Well, the Marlins took him and he ended up becoming an all star. Whereas Adam Hazley has, was has, was an absolute zero for the Phillies. Man. So 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 Todd. Now they're going to face an Angels team this weekend that just a month ago was leading the AL West. They've dropped a second behind Houston. They, as you know, they've lost eight straight, six straight on the road. What are you going to be watching closely from this team in terms of body language execution in this weekend series? I think just some, you know, maybe a little bit more, 
maybe a little a little bit more energy, maybe a little bit more emotion because because okay. this this should be a wake up call for those players. And here's what I'll say about energy and stuff because Charlie Manuel used to say this all the time, and Charlie Manuel managed like some of the best offensive teams in franchise history. But even those 2007, 2011 teams, they would run into some slumps, right? And inevitably, inevitably a reporter like me would go, oh, Charlie, you guys look like you're playing flat. And Charlie would always get so mad. He goes, when you don't score runs, you look flat. When we don't have anybody on base running the bases, you look flat. So I think some of the whole, the Phillies look flat energy thing is a little overblown, but that said, I think now that they changed the manager, I think you would like to see a little bit more energy. I know that doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense, um, but what I'm saying is, you know, you know, just maybe a little bit more excitement in the dugout or maybe a little bit crisper play. Um, but if they go out and they get shut out all three games, you're going to see a flat team because if you're, if you're not scoring runs, you, you look flat, you look dead. Todd, great stuff, man. We appreciate you hopping on. We know you got to hustle to that that press conference today at two thirty. But thank uh, you, man. Tell everybody thank you follow you. Todd. Yeah, on Twitter at Todd Zalecki, and of course MLB.com. Thank you, Todd. Have a good one. Thanks. Man. Take, take care, of us. Bye. All right, All right you guys. Bye. Guys, think about this for a minute, right? In terms of longest tenured, you have nobody with the Flyers right now. You have Girardi out. You have Doc Rivers, who's been here for is it two years? Yep. Two, two full seasons three. under his belt, or is it three? I think it's two. Two full seasons. Two under yeah. his belt. Um, and then you have Nick Sirianni, who's entering his second season. I mean, that is wild, man. Times well, you are, know, it's, times it's are not great. You're right, you're right. <laughs> but this still isn't worse than we had, uh, you know, our breakfast on broad days in 15 to 16. Oh. That was by far the worst I've ever seen sports. Yeah, sports city. were you're right. Sport like collectively sports were terrible. At least the Eagles are interesting, right? The right. Sixers are interesting as much as no, they no, they're they're in the playoffs though. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? You're right. You're right. You're in the, and at least the Phillies are there's an interest still. Yeah, but yeah. you're right. With all four of those teams back then, you were just like, This is uh this is unimaginable. This is really, really bad. But yeah, it's crazy how quickly things change, man. And it and it's not like anybody got blew out of here, got blown out of here, and it, it wasn't deserved. You know, Girardi is his time had come. The Flyers, it was time for a change. You know, it's it just it, it's the way professional sports are now. The really sad part about this is is that this is the fourth largest market in America. You are in a sports crave town, a town that that, that craves to back its teams that wears its its hometown pride emotions on its sleeve daily. And you look across the board. I mean, okay, you can say the Sixers got to the playoffs, but of course, you know, the disappointment of getting bounced again in the second round. And his fan base is hurting, man, mm-hmm. across the board. This is a fan base. You know, we all sat here. We, we, we bought the fool's goal when it came to the Phillies before the season. This team looked like a legit contender on paper. And again, there's still a lot of baseball to be played, and we've seen teams at the bottom rise in August and September and shock the world. Of course, we've seen teams at the top fade uh, down the stretch as well. This team has nowhere to go but up. Um, yeah, yeah, you have, yeah. you have You have a solid base still. If you had a team that was just okay on paper, um, you, you would give them some leeway. I mean, you'd want them to win, but you, you'd give them a, some leeway. But when you look at this Phillies roster, and it's no better than the Marlins right now, record-wise. No better than Pittsburgh, Chicago, Arizona, 
Colorado. That's inexcusable. This team has far more talent on their roster than those teams, yet those teams have as many or more wins than this Phillies team. That's inexcusable. It's unacceptable to a fan base that expects a lot more out of a 220-something million dollar payroll. And even if one or two players fall by the wayside, you should still have enough to choose from to put a better product on the field. No doubt. And it's I'm not happening for this team. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking this. I, I saw what the Braves did last year. Although they did theirs with pitching at the end of the year, we're going to use bats and, and get back in it. So I'm thinking, like, this could be a Braves team. That's what I'm thinking. Um, I, I, I <laughs> No, Barrett. I, 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 Rob, Rob said, oh, uh, uh, I, I, I love, know, Barrett. I hate I to lo- do it to you. I, I, let me just – I love your optimism. <laughs> and what time is the tooth fairy in San Francisco? Yeah, really. The Easter Bunny comes. I got some land I want to sell you in Hoboken, New Jersey. Oh, my gosh. I'm making my list, and I'm checking it twice. No, um, you're right in this sense. Um We've seen way stranger things happen this early in the year. Way stranger things. Right, like right. they, And the, most of these hitters, at least, if you look at their career numbers, they're light years better than this. So you would think it, you know things always come back to sort of that median, that average of what they generally are. So I think they'll hit better. What I can't get past, Barrett, I can't get past the defense, and I can't get past the bullpen. I can't – I can't – like I don't – there isn't any magical elixir that's going to fix those two things for me, at least. And that's what ultimately I think is going to keep them down, but they did expand the playoffs. It is easier to get in than it's ever been. Okay. You could be a borderline 500 team and get in. So really what their goal is going to be is to get around 84 wins somewhere around there. Not going to be easy, but that's not crazy. You're not asking them to win a hundred. So like you said, Derek, this should be doable, man. This is not that hard. No, it's not what it used no. back in the day. The team from the National League went to the World Series, and the team from the American League went to the World Series. That's it. Back in the day, it was just win your division and you get in. That's just the way it used to work. Or you know, it's way easier now. So there's there's a lot of money tied up in a lot of guys there's who are coming chance. up small. There's a chance. There's a chance. You're saying there's a chance. <laughs> All right, we'll move off baseball. Uh, but when we come back, Derek Bodner is going to join us. We got a lot to hit with Bods, man, uh, including that game last night where the Celtics came back from being 12 down going into the fourth quarter. Ooh. Barrett was prophetic. He drilled it. He could <laughs> not, not have pathetic, nailed it. but prophetic. You do. You were yeah, right. not pathetic, prophetic. <laughs> he was a prophet. He nailed it. So we'll talk about that. And also, you know, what's happening here, man? Is, is Harden going to be back? Is Are they going to extend him? Joel, all kinds of injuries. <laughs> There's a lot to get to. By the way, coming up, we will talk uh, about the AFC top five quarterbacks and the Eagles and Shane Steichen and what his role is. But we'll talk to uh, Derek Bodner when we get back. Looking forward to that. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, finances, everybody. Finances, we know how important it is to make sure that you're being taken care of the right way. And if you're not sure either, that's okay. I have the people that you can reach out to. I've done the same thing. From my personal experience, you can absolutely trust Jim Murray and his group with Principal Financial. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you have a small business, you need help with employee benefits, that's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim. I couldn't be happier. I also have a lot of questions, things I don't quite understand, not being a finance expert. And I can always reach out to Jim and he lays it out for me in layman's terms, makes me understand exactly what is happening. 
And I always appreciate that. And it is a, an enormous help and it's a relief. You don't need that kind of stress on you. Jim will help you. 610-996-4751. That's how you can uh, get in touch with him. Or you can email him at Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in on this Friday Sports Take. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks. Thanks for hanging with us. Smash that like button. Tell a friend. That's for sure. Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Joining us now, talk a little hoops. But I, I do want to sneak in some Phillies because I know Derek tweeted out a little bit earlier his thoughts. But uh, Derek does a phenomenal job not only covering the Sixers, which and you can follow his work, by the way, at Derek Bodner NBA 
And of course, you remember his, his work at The Athletic, uh, Draft Express, USA Today, Philly Mag, etc. But uh, his newsletter is phenomenal. Derek.bodner at daily6.com. But Derek, I know you, you jumped in on the Phillies fray a little bit <laughs> earlier uh, regarding uh, Joe Girardi's ousting. So let's start there, man. Give us your take on, on what you thought about how it all went down and what's happening with this team. I mean, I don't know if I have any real deep takes. I One of the things I love about the Phillies is I can still be a fan and I haven't had to give that up. Uh, so a lot of my tweets about the Phillies will just be ranting more than any kind of well-thought-out analysis. But certainly when you look at how much that team has underachieved, um, how I think a lot of the pitching rotation and bullpen has been managed, I think there was a very real case to be made for his firing. I think that was evident for the last month. Um, you know, I do think at times we can get a little bit reductive in how we talk about sports and blame everything on the coach and pretend that everything is going to be a quick fix in part because changing the, the coach or the manager in this case is easier to do. But I also think just because maybe getting rid of Girardi doesn't mean they're going to solve everything doesn't mean it was a wrong move. Like I think he was not all of their problems, but one of their problems. So I think it was the right move just to get started down the path of finding the long-term uh, solution. Cool. All right. Well, let's uh, good insights there. Let, let, before we get to the Sixers, Derek, I got to I got to talk to you about last night. Um, I got to tell you, I, I'm watching that game and I'm, I, I'll be the first one to raise my hand. I thought it was over. I thought it was over heading into the fourth quarter. Celtics down 12 and, you know, in, in a game where Tatum is doing virtually nothing for you and they end up winning on the road in Golden State. I, I thought it was a pretty amazing game. And, and man, they stole one and Barrett actually predicted it. But uh, your thoughts on that game last night? Yeah, it really was. And look, they're a team who I thought they were dead in the water halfway through the year. Their offense was atrocious. They were painful to watch. And I mean, quite almost literally painful to watch. Uh, Joel Embiid, when they came here in late December, pretty much made fun of their offense. And he was like, yeah, Charlotte the night before was so much tougher to guard because they actually moved the ball. And Boston at that stage was very much, that was very true. Like they played a lot of ISO ball with just Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown trying to attack mismatches. Their team cohesion wasn't very strong. They weren't really functioning well as an offensive unit. And to watch them turn it around, it almost mirrored what they did there in the fourth quarter of that game. And that's a team that always had an elite defensive starting point. Like They could defend as well and as versatile, as versatile defensively as any team in the league. And if they ever just figured out that offense a little bit, um, you know that defense was going to keep them in contention. And I think they figured out their offense in a big way. Big credit goes to Ime Adoku. Uh, and again, I think their season sort of parallels what happened in that game because once they started making shots, they made a lot of shots there in that second half and especially that fourth quarter. Uh, they had a, you know, they, it was an incredible performance. And, and you're talking about a playoff here who you talk about that game seven, even that at the end of that series, the last two games of that series against the Heat and the start of this one, it's been, a, I think, a real strong, um, you know, playoff run for fans of the NBA. Hey, Derek, uh, the, Derek, the Boston team you were talking about back then, they were 25 and 25 at one point, and everybody yeah. was like, they were just an afterthought. Okay. Well, they, they were 16 and 19 at one point. I think when yeah, they came into yeah. the Wells Fargo yeah. Center, 16 and 19, they had a 22nd yeah. ranked yeah. offense. Like yeah. they were stumbling all over themselves. But you, you, you look at the game they played last night, and I'm not about to take anything away from Boston because what they did, especially in that fourth quarter with that pit bull mentality, when they clamped down, they just thoroughly frustrated Golden State. But Magic Johnson has said on the broadcast, he, what he was concerned about was Golden State having that lengthy layoff compared to Boston coming out of that grueling series with Miami. And, and, and they said at one point, you see a lot of Golden State Warriors bent over with their hands on the shorts. Yeah. Do, you, do you think that layoff had affected them in any, in any way in that game? 
Yeah, I certainly think it could. Um, you know, this is it's it's tough because on the one hand, rest would be great, but too much rest and you can get a little bit rusty. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily think that's what happened last night, though, mm-hmm. because they came out and they were playing extremely well in that yep. first half and they built that big lead. Uh, I think they just got blitzed by, again, probably the best defensive team, um, and especially maybe the best defensive matchup for the Warriors. I think they just got blitzed and didn't necessarily react. Now, what I'll say is with all their experience from Kerr on down, I expect them to figure out what Boston did and come out with a much better game plan and have a lot more success. I do think rest and layoff can impact, um, you know, a team. I'm not necessarily sure that's what happened last night though. Mm -hmm. I I was just amazed at, you know, because when I looked at that game last night and especially in the fourth quarter, I'm looking like, I don't see that type of effort, not saying that the the 76ers don't play with a lot of effort, but I saw genuine effort, I mean, just, you know, I'm, I'm talking about giving every ounce of, of what you had on the defensive side of the ball that I hadn't seen this year for, yeah. for, my, for my 76ers. You know, I mean, is, is, is that the biggest difference between what you see? I mean, of course they hit, you know, all those three. I know they're not going to be able to hit the threes like they did before, last night. But that max defense they had, you can score twos and still, if you can get that type of defensive effort, you mean, it, you know, the sky's the limit for the Celtics team. Yeah, I mean, look, the Sixers really have outside of Joel Embiid, and I guess you can include Matisse Thibel, although he's pretty much unplayable offensively. They just don't have that archetype of player. They don't have those sort of rangy, active, athletic, defensive players, really, that either either team has. I think Golden State has always been a a very strong defensive team, and that gets undersold a lot when talking about them. Um, The Sixers are worlds away, and the shame of it is, you know, we talked about Boston where they had that elite defense that they could count on and rely upon until their offense caught up that was supposed the Sixers were supposed to be that way on the flip side offensively they're supposed to have an elite offense and that offense wasn't really there especially in the second round of the playoffs but even at times against the 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 Raptors now part of that was Joel Embiid and his injuries but part of that was that James Harden was just not as good as he was in the regular season so I think part of it is the Sixers aren't near the two-way team that either of these teams are at this stage but they're also not really as strong in their strengths either. Um, I think they're pretty far ways away in terms of competing against these types of, of teams. Mm-hmm. I certainly think that these teams are more consistently locked in and dialed in and give better effort. Um, but I also think they're more talented. And that's, I think there's a, a gap here. Derek, I think, I think you go ahead, Derek. Go, Derek, go back to the Boston Miami series. When, of all people, Joel Embiid tweets out, hey, Miami needs another star. Yeah, you know, and people like caught on to that like wildfire. What did you make of it? Did you just say to yourself, "Oh, that's just Joel, Joel uh, being Joel," or hey, is there more significant meaning behind this statement? Yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, it's Joel being Joel. You know, I think he yeah. knew he was going to get a reaction. He is certainly a troll and enjoys that reaction. I don't yeah. think it means he wants out of Philadelphia, but I also think there is certainly a like that connection, that friendship between Jimmy Butler. And Joel Embiid is strong, and it's real, and it's been consistent, and it's it's been true for years. Um, so I wouldn't say like that is Joel saying he wants to go to Miami now to play with Jimmy Butler. I guess the way I would more read that is if he ever got to the point where he felt like he couldn't win and contend in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, mm-hmm. Miami would be sort of one of the teams you would look out for as a potential landing spot. Um, but I don't think we're at that point yet. I don't think Joel Embiid has given any real indication that he is close to that point. It's just sort of that concern that you always have when talking about star players, especially in the, in the NBA and how much it can dictate where they play. Um, to me, I think the key is building something where Joel Embiid feels like he can contend in Philly. And if that's true, that connection, that friendship, 
that bond between Embiid and Butler probably isn't going to come into play. Uh, Derek, let, let's pick up on that then. Wh when do we get to that point? Because, and, and granted, look, he's played a part in this too. I'm not trying to say he was just completely immune to this or absolved, but you know, he's been through a lot of stuff. Butler gets traded, the, everything that went on with Ben, there's been a coaching change. I, I'm not sure he loves Harden. I don't know that that's just my kind of my sense. It, you know, at what point does he get there? Because it seems like almost all these guys, with the exception of maybe a Dame Lillard, get to that point in the NBA. Yeah. No, I mean, history has been pretty clear that not having a team that can compete in the NBA runs the risk of losing your superstar. Um, they have a, a ton of power over where they can play. Um, it can change at any moments, no matter how much is left on that contract. And it's a risk. It's always been a risk. Um, it's something that I worry about constantly, not because Joel Embiid has given me any reason to worry about that, but because my sort of philosophy in life is to always be worried, or at least that's how it plays out. I don't know if it's a philosophy, it's just the reality. Um, and with something this important, like it's hard not to worry, especially when that precedent with the NBA is there. Um, you know, I, I do think certainly you get this year with Joel Embiid to see what he and Harden can become together. Um, but look, if you have another, you can only lose in the second round so many times. Um, before you start getting really worried about that. I don't know if that's mm -hmm. next off season. I don't know if that's two years down the road. I don't know if that's <clears> never, but because you're seeing it with Dame Lillard, uh, with Bradley Beal, although that's a name that will perhaps come up later in this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, you're seeing a lot of, of players now have real uh, loyalty to their teams. But when you talk about MVP caliber players, it's a, it's a huge concern. Mm. All right, well, let me follow up. You see what 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 Ime Uduka's do, or Udoka's doing. You see what Monty Williams, although that was disappointing mm -hmm. the way it ended for them. And a lot of people like to do that sort of cherry pick move and say, look, they were both here on the Sixers bench at some point. Should they have bounced Brett Brown and just hired one of those guys off the bench? What, what's your response when people say that? Which I do think is kind of a natural thing to be looking at these guys and seeing their success and where the Sixers are. But what's your response? Yeah, I mean, look, they had two, and it's not like these were two unknown candidates either. Like, Monty Williams was previously a head coach. Um, Ime Adoku had been given a lot of credit for what they did defensively in San Antonio over the years. So these were household names in terms of assistant coaches. Um, you know, I don't think either one, and look, I don't think they were ready to move on from Brett Brown at the time where Monty Williams left. Uh, uh, but I think Ime is maybe the more interesting candidate because they were changing, they knew they were changing the coaching staff. They had him um, on the roster at that time. And I don't know that he necessarily got a, a real good look at the position. Um, so I think it's fair to question that, you know, I think Sixers ownership group, when they see a name out there, they get attached to that name. And doc rivers was a big name. Uh, and I think they valued that. I think they valued the way that he can command has a commanding presence in the locker room, especially when you're talking about personalities like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Now it didn't necessarily work out in Ben Simmons case um, in, a, in a pretty big way. But I think they value that name, that consistency, that recognizability, and that voice in the locker room. Um, but I think it's fair to question that. You know, I think what Ime has done uh, has really been a tremendous job here in keeping Boston together and having them grow offensively as a unit throughout the course of the year. Um, I think a lot of times we can look at players uh, or look at teams and give too much credit or blame at times to coaches and not enough to the players um, and the growth and the progress that they've made but i think this is one instance where i think he may deserves a lot of credit um, i'm not sure they're there without his contributions and i think it's 100 percent fair to look at that and question whether or not the sixers made the right call there uh with the with the coaching all right derek so you have a firm grasp of the sixers salary situation right now 
as we look at this roster, can this team make enough significant moves this offseason to to really enhance the, the product and the versatility on this team? Or are we looking at, at marginal changes, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, if they give Harden his $47 million? Yeah, I mean, well, and the thing with that $47 million, it's a it's a player option, so he can opt in and, and they don't really have any recourse there outside of trying to negotiate a longer-term deal. Um, and if they do that, they're going to be real close to what's called the apron. And basically that is a limit where if you perform certain moves, that becomes a hard cap. Uh, and one of those moves is using the full mid-level exception. So what they have is a lower mid-level exception where if you use that, you don't then become hard capped. So I have a feeling that they're going to end up using the smaller mid-level exception, which means that they're even going to have, you know, struggle to add real talent with that one. Wow. Um, because it's just, it's a, it's a much lower salary. So I think, yeah, they're going to be limited in what they can do. I think one of the keys is moving Tobias Harris, not so much for salary cap relief, but just splitting that one massive contract into two or three so that you can try to get a couple more contributors and round out the depth. Uh, I think the first round pick they have here, the 23rd pick in the June draft, is going to be interesting, not necessarily because of the player they could roster, but the chance that they have of trading that. Um, now, right now, they can't trade that before the draft because they also – then don't have next year's pick, but they can make the selection for another team and then trade it after the draft. So I wonder if they're going to be active in shopping that. Um, but yeah, they don't have a whole lot of avenues at their disposal. Um, I think it's those three, that draft pick and using it as a trade ship, Tobias Harris and trying to use him to improve your depth. <clears throat> and um, and then that, that lower mid-level exception contract. So, so that means we're not star chasing. Or star is that the walking. cat? What's going on there? My, the my cat cat not him in the face. Hold on. You got to hold up the cat. Let's see what's going on before, before Barrett's question. We, we need to I see love some. it. I there love we it. go. There <laughs> we go. Okay. You know, all, good... I, all I see is a tail like Derek, uh, Derek's chin. I don't know, what, constant. What it's constant. Yeah. See, that, that, that's a true professional. He didn't miss a beat. No, he's he's giving us mid-level exception when the cat, you know. He didn't miss a beat. The oh, thing is, so I've got, I've, I've got my, my office in a loft. So if I lock her out, she's just going to go on a cabinet downstairs in the kitchen and meow, and you will hear that. So I sort of just have to put up with it. It's fine when it's an audio-only podcast. It gets a little interesting when there's yes. videos. That's right. awesome, dude. So, I'm sorry, Barrett. Go ahead. Ask your question, man. No, that was amazing there, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm going to say it. So our, our chance of going out and get a major star is slim to none. And, I mean, what, what was your thoughts on the move to get Harden when we first got him? What was your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I I've, quite honestly, I think maybe I, I should have paid a little closer attention to what he had become after that hamstring injury. Because I think, and look, he was MVP caliber or close to it as soon as, as recently as the 2020-2021 season with Brooklyn. Like, up before that hamstring injury, he was in the conversation. Maybe not a top five vote getter in MVP, but certainly in the top seven to ten. And he was playing at that level. And I think that hamstring really bothered him and lingered combined with the natural, you know, he's now 32 going on 33. So look, I'm very much a, you need two or three stars and you can build the rest of your roster in depth around that. Uh, I believe in that in the NBA. Uh, and I think I was pretty happy about, uh, you know, optimistic about going off after a talent like Harden. You know, I thought his passing specifically was something that was underrated throughout his career and had a chance to really help Joel Embiid become the best version of himself. And I still believe that to some degree. I think his passing is a real skill. But the way he has fallen off as a one-on-one -on -one individual scorer was something I didn't necessarily see as being that severe before the trade, and maybe I should have. That being said, 
outside of maybe Halliburton, I'm not sure. And I'm not even sure if that was on the table. I don't think there was necessarily something that was a slam dunk offer um, that would have been better off getting. Like, I think at some point, even if the, odds of James Harden reaching what he previously was. And by that, I don't mean 2017. I mean, 2020, even if those odds are small, I think there's some swings that are worth taking, uh, especially when you're in a compromised situation, like you were with Ben Simmons. So is this a swing worth taking? I mean, look, he's likely going to opt in at 47. Would you extend him? I mean, are are we looking at three years, uh, 90 some odd million, a hundred million for him? Um, So I think, (laughs) I think the goal, so what you really want to do to me, is minimize because there's a point where, you know, Tyrese Maxey has two years left on his contract on his rookie contract. And then he's going to become very expensive. And I think the goal is to limit Harden's cap it in that third year from now when Tyrese Max is going to become ex- expensive. So you can maybe then go shopping before you have to pay Maxey. So I think you let him opt into this contract because I think quite frankly, what he's going to be able to negotiate next year is going to be even less than he would be able to negotiate this year. Get him at a lower, longer-term contract. Uh, look, I think you're going to end up having a con- either way. No matter what happens, I think you're going to end up having a contract that you're uncomfortable with because I don't see him aging very well at all. No, and even even sorry. if I think there's some chance that part of who he is now is related to the hamstring, and give him an offseason because last year he was mostly rehabbing the hamstring, not necessarily working as a basketball player. Give him a chance to spend an offseason. Working as a basketball sit player, a second year removed from the hamstring, I think he could be a little bit better. But I think when he really does start hitting that aging curve, I think it's going to be pretty terrible to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, I'm encouraged. So, so encouraging. <laughs> <laughs> I feel awesome. Woo! I mean, uh, when I'm you acquired Harden, you said you hoped that he had two years and then you would live with the final two years after that. Well, the two years right now are the good two years are, are discouraging right now. Yeah, it is. Man. I mean, I think he still can come back and be uh, a shooter if, if he doesn't. If he takes his game to another level, as far as not being a one-on-one shooter, I mean, moving without the ball, he's just not that yeah. guy. No, he's and not. not Redick. He's not Redick off of right. a screen. He's not. Well, work. he's he's not even. Com- if you watch him off ball, he won't even just not even just moving off of screens. Even a simple catch and shoot, yeah. he has to take like a rhythm dribble to get himself in a rhythm just because he hasn't really been a catch-and-shoot player in 10 years. Um, he has some habits that do not age well. And look, I still think he's a, a plus contributor on this team. Like, I think his passing is legitimately elite, and I think it's overshadowed at times. But the Sixers need him to be a, a primary scorer on the perimeter, too. Um, and I have I have concerns of how that will age, for sure. Mm. Well, let me ask you about Doc, uh, Derek, because, look, he's – they, they've made it very clear he's coming back. He, he was rumored for the Lakers job that we know that's not happening. Let me just throw this one out there and, and just tell me, you could swat it down. Like, you know, if you, if you think it's nonsense, but the Utah thing is kind of floating a little bit and it doesn't seem like Quinn Snyder wants any parts. Ainge is there. We know Ainge and doc have a good relationship. Is there any chance that you see that happening or do you think he's a lock to be here next year? Yeah, it's an interesting angle. Um, I think he's, it's a, I wouldn't say a lock. Very few things in this sport are a lock. I think there's a strong chance. Like if you're giving me odds, I'm saying 90 plus percent chance okay. Doc is back. Okay. I do think Utah is interesting just because of that age connection. Um, no, but I, th- I think he's probably back. I don't think the Sixers right now let him go without, um, without a, a, a trade essentially. 
which mm. very rarely happens with coaches in the NBA, although in a weird twist, it did happen with Doc Rivers and Danny Ainge, although Danny right. Ainge was on the receiving end of that draft pick. But no, I, I think the Sixers are going to be, even if the, even if Doc would want to go to Utah, which I don't know if he would, because quite frankly, I don't know what the golf game is like in Utah, and I think that's a, a factor. <laughs> but even if he did, like I don't, I think Doc uh, Daryl Morey's price would be pretty high. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Makes sense. All right, so I, I played this game with the, with these two guys yesterday, and I want to I want to fire at you. You just kind of rapid fire if you want. Will Joel Embiid finish his career as a Sixer? Oh God, you're killing me. You're gonna make uh, me answer this. Here we go. Here we go. I will say no, just because very few stars do. But I think we Fair are enough. a sig- a significant amount of time before that point. Will Doc Rivers be the coach in twenty three twenty four? No. Will Daryl Morey be the GM in twenty four twenty five? Oh, now I gotta do math and figure out how many years away. Two years. Two years. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. All interesting. right. Pretty interesting stuff there. All right. All right. So who wins the championship? That's a, that's a we'll, we'll get, yeah, get I, the look, hypotheticals for you. I picked, I picked warriors and six coming in. And quite frankly, I thought there was a chance it could go five. Um, that's clearly, I think not going to be the case. I think Boston's defense is too legitimate for that. I'm still going to pick the warriors, but I'll say, I'll say seven now, which would be fantastic. I'd love to watch a seven game series yeah, yeah. between be these good two for games. the league. I, I, I lied. I did want to hit you with one more. We, you brought up Beal a little bit earlier. Um, what's the reality of the star hunting situation here? I mean, you laid out a pretty grim cap situation, but we know Daryl Morey is a guy who, who, who will star hunt. Do you think it'll be a star hunting off season or will it be a role player type of season? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it'll be a role player type of season. Um, I think Daryl Morey is, truly star hunting. I think that is his general philosophy in basketball. I think he'll always be like that, but I'm not sure this is going to be the off season to do it in part, because I think, I think Bradley Beal is going to stay in, in Washington. I think if they offer him that contract, uh, I think he does like it there, even though they're not a contender. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he is going to stay there. And quite frankly, even if not, like you would have to include Tyrese Maxey in a deal to even have a, a chance at getting Bradley Beal. Uh, and I think that is a steep price especially when you consider Bradley Beal came off the worst year he's had in quite a while, shot poorly from the perimeter and has some, you know, some injury concerns. Um, I would say this will be an off season of, uh, of adding depth uh, and role players. Do you think Tyrese is an untouchable? I, I think there are like five untouchables in the entire league. And as much as I love Tyrese, I don't think like if Milwaukee <laughs> absolutely lost their minds and said, Hey, we'll give you Giannis <laughs> for, you know, Tyrese and Tobias. Like, yeah, Daryl wouldn't let him off the phone. Um, but in terms of a realistic offer being made where you would feel compelled to even consider including Tyrese Maxey, I think it's probably very unlikely. Okay. Derek, great stuff, man. And, and I, I always uh, tell everybody, follow you on Twitter at Derek Bodner yeah, NBA. And of course, Derek.bodner at daily6.com, man. Great stuff. Derek, you love your great. honesty, man. Love your honesty, man. And we, we appreciate your ability yeah. to multitask with the cat. <laughs> And Dude, still give us mid-level exception chatter, man. Yeah, that's that's awesome. I've had a lot of practice with that. Um, yes. It is second nature at this point. Appreciate <laughs> it. Derek, have a good weekend, man. Good, bro. Appreciate it. Derek's always a fun guy to talk to because he, he gets it. And he, he knows the nitty-gritty of all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, the right, cap, contract, yeah. yeah. And all the little, little stuff here and there, man. So I don't come away feeling real encouraged. Not that not Derek was great. I mean, about the Sixers, you, what the opportunities they're going to be able to have this offseason, guys. It seems like they're pretty hamstrung, man, with this cap and, and some of the contracts. Exactly, and that's why I asked them the question because people keep saying, oh, do this, do that, trade this. Tra-. No, you can't. You can't do that, you know, because of the cap situation. And if what Derek is saying is true, we're looking at another year of disappointment. Now, they'll be good enough to get into the playoffs, 
They may be a three, four, or five seed, but don't expect them to get beyond beyond the second round again, which yeah. is frustrating and disappointing. So, I mean, well, see, when, when do we get to this point where us not just making it to the playoffs is not, you know, I mean, because I mean, no, we're there, Barrett. The, the Flyers. Yeah. The Flyers won't see the playoffs for the next five years, <laughs> you know. And I mean, five, we, we, yeah. bro. We only have a coach yet. Five. five. I want, you know, again. I wonder why they don't have a coach. I bet you. Uh, you want me to coach who? No, see, I, I'm, I'm busy. To, I'm busy for the next two years. I I, I appreciate the offer, but uh, yeah, um, I'm, I'll be working in the. Uh, I'll be working in Saskatchewan uh, for the next two years. Uh, I can't help you right now. Yeah, let me tell you something, man. They, they, we're way past the, the, any kind of satisfaction with getting into the playoffs. Like, way. I'm telling you guys. I hope I'm wrong, but if they're if they're a second round exit or earlier next year, I just I don't see him be just continuing to be the gold good soldier here. I don't see it. No, he's no, pissed off no, now. No. Yeah, he's not happy now. Exactly yeah. right. He's so not. He's, sending those tweets. he's not sending those tweets just to. Just to egg us on, he sent no. those tweets because he's serious about this, and he sees everybody else yeah. doing it. I'm with you, and and and, and getting results. I mean, yep. look, Harden did it for the last two teams he's been to. Exactly. This is so, not yeah. just that's not just Troel Embiid. There was a right. little, there's a little bit of Troel Embiid in there. Sub- but, but subliminal message. There is, there's a little more there to it, and, and people want to just laugh it off and say that's Joel being Joel, and okay, all right, I. I Hey, we've seen players force their way out of not just Harden. We've seen players force their way off of teams and somewhere yeah, else. But our yep. only yeah. saving our only saving grace is he's a center, and it's, this is not a center driven league anymore. Yeah, I hear and that's that. That's our only saving grace. Yeah, right, but we, he is a cornerstone of this team. No doubt. I mean, you, you, you know, so you, then that, there lies the problem. Then you can't just give this dude away. No, you know, for a bag of basketballs, man. No. You've got to give something something significant, and not just one up for one up. You need to get two or three players in return uh, that can help balance this roster in a lot of ways, and that includes a big man, maybe not a, a center, title. but a scoring, but a scoring forward. Yeah, yeah I mean, you know, he won the, he won the, the scoring title this year. You know, somebody, I mean? yeah, somebody who put the biscuit in the basket. Exactly right. <laughs> All right, so let's come back. Uh, little Eagles stuff. Little Eagles news. Coming out of OTAs today uh, with Shane Steichen and the offensive play calling situation. So we'll talk some birds and we will finally get to our much anticipated top five AFC quarterbacks. How will we rank them? Yes, we we dropped the ball yesterday. I dropped the ball yesterday, but we're going to we're going to catch it today. We will be Devontae <laughs> Smith today. So we'll do that when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek on Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, so we've been getting some crazy weather lately, right? Some hard rains. You know that, that comes in the summertime, unfortunately. And what that can mean is water damage, some flooding in your house, right? So I want to let you know about my friends at ProAction Restoration. Whether you have a home, you, got a, you have a business that you own, a property, whatever the case may be, if you have to inexperience, have to um, experience the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage, whatever, to that property, you know what a mess that can be. And you're not really sure who to turn to. Well, you, ch- you turn to ProAction. They're on call 24-7. They're there to assist. I've gone through it. And they got to my parents' house quickly, cleaned up the mess, and the price was incredibly reasonable. And the crew was so professional. I got to tell you, very reasonable. They're licensed, bought it, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. That is huge. They're licensed, bonded, fully insured, and, and, and they will, trust me, find the root of the issue that you have, whether it's water, 
fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, or go to ProActionRestoration.com. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at stateside vodka every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free you're telling me that bottle is cut in half you could say that Gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back in, everybody. What's up on this Friday afternoon? We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. He is Barrett Brooks. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. So let's set our sights on the birds here, guys. Let me start with this. They're having OTAs. Uh, to, they're continuing today. I thought this was, was a really cool gesture by the Eagles. So on their practice jerseys, the numbers are orange. Um, on their practice jerseys, and, and that's to honor the victims of gun violence uh, in our country and in our city. So I thought that would, Eagles are always have a, a really, you know, um, their Strong mind community. is com- community based. 
And I think that's a really cool thing uh, that they're doing in, in honoring those victims and their families. So, you know, kudos. Let me just start there to the Eagles. So a um, couple things, guys, that, that, that sort of leapt out to me today as I'm, I'm reading some of the accounts of, of what um, some of the folks who met with the media had to say from the, from a bird's perspective. Shane Steichen, who's the Eagles offensive coordinator, um, mentioned today that he's going to be calling the plays. He said, look, there is this will be group input for sure. And if Nick, make no mistake, if Nick Sirianni wants a, a play called, we're going to call that play. However, he is the guy who is calling plays now uh, for the Birds offense. So let's start there. Uh, what are our thoughts on, on that being the uh, case? Now you're muted. Go ahead, bud. I do. I, I like it. I, I, I like that. Um, you know, that's a lot of that's that's a lot of work for one guy to do throughout a game. You know, there's certain coaches that can do it, um, but I mean, evidently there's something that Sirianni sees in Coach Steichen when he brought him here that he trusts him to do do that and have those calling uh, plays called. Um, from the standpoint that you know, two heads are better than one. I mean, I, to me, it's 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 a better situation for me. Just because I, I I like the fact you know that you know he he can be a head coach now he can go down and say hey uh I mean come on Jonathan you got to get this going you know again we got we got to play better you know what I'm saying he can, he didn't just have to worry about the next set of plays that's going to be called on the field so to me you know this this is just exactly why you want a offensive coordinator and a head coach how about you Derek for me whenever a head coach who is an offensive minded head coach who's used to calling the plays. Uh, decides to relinquish that role um, to to the second in command. It's because his second in command thinks the way he thinks, sees the game the way he sees the game, uses analytics uh, in downs and situations and distance the way he does. And obviously Steichen, who was handpicked by Sirianni when he took the job to come here, those two are in sync. And with that said, even though – Sirianni will still be the overseer of the offensive play calling. That's one less thing he he can have to focus on in a crucial situation. You know, if he has a guy who is going to approach down and distance the way he is, he can look at something else and stay one step further ahead, hopefully in terms of what they're going to do next uh, in a game situation. So I have no problem with it. You know, we, we don't, we all don't know, what input Steichen had last year in terms of play calling. And obviously mm-hmm. it's a little bit more than what we may have thought for them to come out and announce, Hey, uh, uh, Steichen's calling the plays now, uh, but there'll still be, there'll still be a, a community input, but Steichen is the one who's calling these plays. now. I like it for a lot of the reasons you guys mm-hmm. both said, I, I mean, if, if there's a situation in game that he feels like, how many times have we seen Belichick go over, and, and talk to either his offense or his defense. I'm not comparing Sirianni to Belichick before people start losing their mind. I'm just saying, how many times have we seen, you know, a guy be able to go over and sit down and with his offensive linemen and, and, and get on them or, Hey, great job. Or we need to look at this or talk to one of his coaches right. or, or whatever. I mean, I mean, any, you yeah. name it. I, I like the head coach to have that kind of freedom and Barrett, you're right. Unless you're, and I know guys have done it young. McVay, Andrew Reid did it when he was young. But but it, it's 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 more of a challenge, I think, for a younger coach, especially a guy who's as raw as Sirianni was when he got this gig. Uh, I like him having that kind of freedom. And, and look, it's not like he can't say, "Hey, hey, Shane, I, I I think you know whatever would work great here." Of course, it's going to happen. So we still has a lot of input. But 
I like it. And I, and it shows a little bit of trust in Steichen, you know, from that standpoint, why, why you brought the guy in. I'm sure this is all done in conjunction with, with conversations with, with Jalen. I'm sure about that. So it's not like, you know, everybody's not on the same page. I, I think it's good. I, I don't think he can hurt you. And by the way, he could always take them back over without us even knowing. Well, you know <laughs> yeah, what? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you also know, from this vantage point also, this was actually the first time. I mean, last year was the first time that, that, um, the Nick called the place as an offensive coordinator slash head coach. Right. It was his first time. Correct. You know, being a full-time guy, he was like, all right, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. He might have been like that. Like, yeah. all right, well, it, you know, it's a little more than uh, what I wanted to do. I want to be more of a an all-purpose um, coach <clears throat> as opposed to just being locked in. Because when you're an offensive coordinator and you're calling the plays, you got to be locked in, not on the just the, mm-hmm. the, the next play. But, you know, it's just like chess. You got to be three or four moves ahead of, the, you know, what you're trying to do in order to do it. And then you have to be a quarter ahead of that. You know, I mean, just flipping, um, you know, flipping the field, you know, or, or, you know, stuff like that. There are so many things that a, a head coach has to be involved with that he couldn't be involved with. He couldn't be, you know, running over to the, um, the I mean, the um, specialty coach having to roll over to him and say, hey, um, this is what we need there. Or can we make this field goal? Those are all things that he can run from being a, a head coach and not just an offensive coordinator, you know, that he'd be privileged to. And, and and how about just like anticipatory thinking too, Barrett, like you got to be so locked in on what we're doing on the next series, the next play from an offensive. He can be looking at things defensively and just, Hey, give exactly. Him a little, you know, just a little input here and there, right. whether it's hey Jonathan, right. I, I, I think this is working really well. Or you might want to think about Like, I, I just think it allows you to be more of a, a delegator <laughs> and a, and a, and a, and a, for lack of a better word, a manager. Perfect. And I don't mean that in a bad way, right? Perfect way to say it. Perfect way. He can manage the game as opposed to just running the <clears> offense. <throat> manage the game, man. There's I was, there are so many times when you're a head coach and you're and you're calling the plays that you don't see what you know what's working with um you know this this kicker. All right, how's this kicker going? Can he can he can he make it from forty? Can he make it from thirty? You know, is, is, is this, is, you know, is this leg long enough for this right now? I mean, all right, all right, on the defensive side of the ball, hey, look at the corner. Why are they playing off so far? Mm-hmm. He couldn't see that last year. He's playing off too far. Well, let's go ahead and hit this. Or, you know, those are all things he can now see and, and, and manage, just like you said, from a manager standpoint, as opposed to just being so fixated on the next play that had to be called. Not only that, but he can work the refs a little bit more. Right. I don't know if that's a good thing or, or a bad hey. thing with Nick. <laughs> we see coaches doing it all the time, man. Some coaches love to work the refs, uh-huh. you know. And 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 you know, if Steichen if Steichen is running the game the way he wants the game run, he can work those refs a little bit more now, a little bit more freedom to jaw jack. Yeah, yep. no, look, it's true. All right, so a little uh, a little move. By the way, from and you take this for what it's worth, but I'm you know in 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 following some of the uh, the beat guys who were down there at practice. Um, apparently, Devontae Smith looked very good today. So for whatever that's worth, uh, and Jalen Hurts is hot. In you, got, you know I'm um, you know I'm playing in the, uh, the the celebrity softball game tomorrow. Ooh, okay, okay. You know? What's a, who's now? Who's in it? Who? Give me. Do you know some of the names? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna send I'm gonna send a I'm gonna send the thing to to um. Vinny Curry uh, will be there. Right okay. Yep. Vinny Curry will be there. Yeah. Um. Now are are we are you giving any predictions out? You gonna go yard? What's going on? <laughs> You gonna go Babe Ruth on us? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. You're pointing it out. You gonna call your shot? I like I, this. I, I, I can see. I can see a certain Mr. Brooks trying to turn, make that turn in first base, and oh. all of a sudden tumbling like a rabbit being shot with buckshot. Fumbling, fumbling, when that, when that, when that, when that hamstring goes, oh, ping. No. 
Don't hurt yourself, that. dude. We don't. I can see it. We don't need you on the IR. Okay. Oh, I got. I still got to go fish. Derek Gunn's still going fishing on Sunday. Everybody. Okay. Uh, well, uh, maybe depends. I have a I have a mile limit. I just got. I just got the text from who? All things are great from from Captain Tony. All things are great. Is the engine, is the engine fixed? Look, look, boat is done and ready to go. I just got the text. It's right here. Is is, uh, is the engine fixed? Look, the it's already together. They're washing what do you mean it together. Today. They took it apart. They just took the, the fan belt and all that type of stuff off, bro. What? The boat is done and ready to go. That's a direct text from Captain Tony. Hey, look, Jeremiah Butler said D-Gun saying Barrett's going to do a Daniel Jones. Remember he took off on 80 yards <laughs> and a blade of grass tripped him up? No, no, no. I'm a, no. no. I, I, I'm, I hope I don't get hardened out there, bro. That's oh. all. Oh. Oh. Yeah, we can't have that. I can hear Barrett. Oh, 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 Lord. Yeah. We'll get the text. Fellas. Hamstring her in. Can't, 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 can't do Monday. Boat yeah. Can't do Monday. I'm Take out. it on the boat Sunday, D-Gun. I'm sorry, yeah. man. Oh, I, no. I just sent, I just sent the, little, the little brochure roster thing to you guys, you know, see who who's all on it. I think I need you managing your team. I think that's <laughs> – I'm the old head in this bunch, man. I'm the oldest guy as far as all these guys. All right, bunch. let me see how old these cats are. All right, so we got uh, – you do have a lot of young dudes. The Kobe Dean's playing. Are you – Micah Parsons is playing in this? What? Yeah. Devontae Smith? Darius? Jadakiss? Jadakiss is playing in this? And look what they put right in the middle. (laughs) Damn, dude, you're the centerpiece. (laughs) Hey, Barrett, Barrett, you need to do some PR work. You need to tell LaShawn McCoy he needs to be on our show. You need to talk to these dudes. There yeah, we go. Listen, listen. There we go. Keep that up, Xander, please. Dallas right. Goddard, you need to talk yes. to Dallas. I- I'm fully expecting Jalen Hurts. <laughs> yep. Nicobe Dean, AJ Brown. Yep. Goddard. Goddard. Damn. Uh, Devontae. We'll have Vinny on after the Jets mini camp is over. Uh, Patrick Sertain. Patrick Sertain. I want Slay. Um, I, I want Micah Parson. Barrett, you got your work. You should have never told us about this. Now you That's got right. your work cut out That's for right. you, man. If you come back and you don't have three confirmations, three, I ain't got no respect for you. And man. Kyle Neptune, who I've been working on, Villanova's new head coach. You got a lot. You got, man, Barrett, you, you, woof. I don't think you're going to have time to play. You're going to be working on booking so many guys. I'm saying. I love that you're the centerpiece, though, in the middle of all this. Yeah, look at this. Wow. They put wow. the old head in the middle. That's a good headshot, too. You got the, the sharp suit on. But bro, have you noticed on this? I am the oldest guy up there. That's uh, terrible. How old's Jadakiss at this point? Oh, Jadakiss, I, I know I'm older than Jadakiss. Let me check and see, man. You're definitely def. Other than him, I don't. Uh, that's yeah. You're probably the oldest. No, yeah. I mean that's all right. That's all right. That's not, not a bad thing. You know what? You're still kicking, man. That's yeah. All matters. All right, Jadakiss is. Yeah, you're older than Jadakiss. Jadakiss is 42, 47, oh, 47 man, years old. 47, yeah. I got Jason Terrence Phillips is his, is his real name. You got eight years on him. I'm talking about three years. You got eight years on him. No, I'm, I'm 50. He's 47. Jay, yeah, no, yeah. He, he's at 42. 47. He's 47. He's oh, got 47. two. He's, okay. Yeah, he's got, he's got a couple on him. No, no, but you guys are the same age, basically. I, wait, wait, I say wait, three yeah. years. No, three no, years no, is no, the no. same age. No. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But, Look, but there it goes. You still ain't getting – you still ain't – I've already talked – we taught me, Josh, and you. We're on the phone. We talked about Josh. This. Josh doesn't speak for me. He's my <laughs> Here we go. You was on the phone my, with me. My son-in-law is not my publicist. No, you was on the phone with us. We all spoke together. 
I no. said there's a good possibility. <laughs> I didn't confirm anything yet. I'm still analyzing this. Bro, you're gonna enjoy yourself, man. I gotta Trust speak. Me. I gotta speak to the man upstairs first before I confirm anything. I can't wait for the updates on Monday from this one, or, or the full hey, reports. If I, I do say. go, if I do go, I'm gonna be live. I'm gonna be live tweeting, man. I'm gonna be out here live tweeting. Okay. Got to. Okay. You know, I got like to. I like. If it. anybody, if anybody doesn't hear from me in the next three hours, please send out the Coast Guard. That's what I'm supposed to say. Good luck. Is Hold it, on, now the stream is put too much. I mean, you guys are putting too much pressure on me. Now I got to do what I mean. I mean, yeah, these are young bucks I'm gonna be out there playing with. You'll be it's softball, man. You're not playing basketball. No, but, no, yeah, bro. but 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 no, Rob, Rob me, bro. here's the thing, Rob. <laughs> I don't care what sports you play in at what age, if you get out there, you the first thing your first mindset is okay, I'm 20 years older than right. when I was really at the top of my game. But when the action starts going, all of a sudden the mind takes over. When the sure. mind says go and the body says no. You start listening to the mind more than the body. Uh, so Bear gonna get out there, hit a single. All of a sudden, you know, somebody in the outfield fumbles the ball. He looks like he can stretch it to a double. Yeah. So he's gonna make that wide turn around first base. He's gonna dig in, you know, and he's gonna try to be Barrett who ran a four-seven instead of Barrett who now runs the four days. Okay? <laughs> and all of a sudden, when that when that that butt muscle kicks in, and all of a sudden you hear you hear ping. And bear drop. I'm telling you, know? you, man. You ever see a rabbit when you, you ever go? No, but you're a hunt, Rob. You, see, I, you get a beat on a rabbit. I, I get, I get it. Yeah, you I hit get him it. with a buckshot. Man down over and over and over, man. He'll yep. just drop. That rabbit rolls, man. That's gonna be the biggest rabbit you ever seen in your life, right uh, there. Boy. No, you know it's gonna. There's gonna be a play at the plate. Uh, at the plate, a collision at the plate. Right. I'm going yeah. full speed. Barrett, he's gonna get the work barreling in, and he's gonna. It'll be one of these NFL young NFL dudes. Oh man. No, no. You I know what's gonna happen. Look, I feel it already. Yeah. I got you know. Hey, you got Bryce elbow. Harper elbow. Right. Yeah. They're gonna have, they're gonna have some yeah. little. They're gonna have some little wimpy dude catching right, and he's gonna get the ball and see this six five three hundred forty freight chain barreling down. He's gonna do a matador tag on him. He's gonna sidestep. Bear's gonna lower his shoulder. All of a sudden, Bear. Bear, what's wrong with your shoulder, man? What's what's wrong with your elbow? What happened? Did, did you guys want to know? Did either one of you guys ever watch Seinfeld? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Do you remember they had a softball game and Bette Midler was the catcher? Yes. And no. Costanza. Oh, Costanza plowed her. Oh, my goodness. What? That's going to be you. No. That's going to be you and kiss at the plate. That's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Who plowed over Bette Midler, man? Costanza. George did. George Aww. ran her over, man. Yeah. It was uh, – the wind was not beneath her wings, so to speak, that day. Hey, <laughs> you heard – you see what Xander said in our private chat. Get Jalen Rager. Get Jalen Rager. We'll take That's all you got to do. So you got to do. He'd be a fascinating guy to talk to, man. I'm gonna get Jay Red because you know, like I said, me and his pops, man. So I'm gonna you talk to you and Monte are, are boys. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I mean, I'm. A, you you see, better get at least read three. with Randall. Randall's good dude, man. Randall's, you know, he's he's dealt with some stuff this week, man. I got you, bro. I'm gonna talk to him, man. I'm gonna talk to him. Make it happen. Make you know it what happen. Saying? I'm gonna talk to him. Look, right. So you need to get Jalen, Lashawn McCoy, and I'll let you figure out the third one. There's some good names on that list, man. I'm right. telling you, man. I'm yeah. telling you. There's, there's hey, a lot did, of good names. Did you guys know that today is a significant day in history? No, I didn't. You didn't know? No. 45 years ago today, Bob Marley and the Whalers released Jammin'. Ooh. Well, get out. Yeah. Jammin'. That is. About, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Think about Bob Marley's history. Not to, de not to derail from our discussion because we've already come to the realization that Barrett's going to be limping to the mic on Monday. So 
But just think about what Bob Marley meant to the history of music, man, and some of the songs he had. Some of the more popular songs in our culture were songs that he was taking stances against. You know, stand up, get up, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, Buffalo Soldiers, mm-hmm. one of my all-time favorites, Buffalo Soldiers. And, you know, my, one of my favorites is No Woman, No Cry. Bob Marley, man. Yeah. I don't think he – and, you know, he lived in Delaware for a while. Yeah, when he was a kid, his mom yeah. moved over here. Yeah, yeah, to Delaware. He you worked. She she worked in like the oh man, one of the I think there was a one of the plants over here, uh, mm. an auto plant. Maybe it was Boeing, but I, maybe it was like a there might have been a car dealership here then and during that time. Wow. Yeah, how about you said that was so that was in nineteen seventy seven. Man, he he'd be gone four years later. He passed in eighty one. Yeah, he passed in eighty one. Man, crazy. Way <laughs> way too young. Way wow. way way. Mm. He was how old was he? God, he was 36, whatever he was. Oh, my it's crazy. Goodness. Crazy. Born in 45. He was born, died in 81. Unbelievable, man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. What a goat. He's a goat. There, there is no question about that. Um, oh, a couple other th- – I want to throw these at you guys, too, in addition to the Steichen thing with the Eagles. And we'll get to the our, our top five here. So, hey, by, by the way, just, let me just uh, throw this out there, too. Um, I, I, and I appreciate everybody in the in the comments section – and I appreciate all your all the input. You guys are hilarious. You you are your trips, but we're yes, we're a sports show, um, but we're also a fun show, an entertainment show. So we will jump around. Um, we're not just an Eagles show. Just just to be clear, and that's no knock right, at anybody right. else. Other shows do their thing. Right. We do everything. So if the Phillies fire a manager, we're gonna talk Phillies. If there's interesting news with the Sixers, we're going to talk Sixers. If it's Bob, yeah, if Bob Marley re- released a, a landmark album, in, you know, in 77, we'll talk about it. So just an FYI, I get, I see the, you know, I don't talk Phillies, uh, talk sports and all. I, you know what? We'll do, we'll handle it. We, we got you. So we're going to just know that we're going to jump D, around. D gun say we do what we do. Yes. Yes. So, and we're going to talk what about in the, the world? cute little doggies too. Yes. I mean, Hey, is that the one that was throwing up? That is a cute dog, man. That is a cute dog. That's, that's awesome, man. That's the one that was wearing vomit for earrings. Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, something about Mary. Yes. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So, Mary, what's uh, what's what's her name? Is that which one was that one? No, you're you're muted. You're muted. Yaki. Yaki. No, you're muted, bud. You're muted. This is Yoki. Yoki. Oh, you're Yoki. You ought to change. You should change the name to Yaki. <laughs> <laughs> Take her on the boat again. It'll be Yaki. Bro, she was not having it, bro. She was not having the camera. And by the way, by yak, we don't mean yards after catch. No, heck no, no. <laughs> that dog was yakking. He's not AJ Brown, okay? I couldn't stop laughing, man. I could not stop laughing. What, uh, what, dog, what kind of dog is that? She's a poodle. Okay. She's supposed to be, yeah, she's supposed to be a teacup poodle. She's more of a just a poodle. Yeah. Everything okay. cool. So I'll just answer like like Bird. I'll answer Birdman's question because I just uh, on, on the subject of what I brought up. Uh, still got to keep an Eagles base. No, they're by far the most dominant team. Birdman, yeah. if you watch the show, we talk a lot of Eagles, man. So let, let's not act like we're not trying to keep a base or whatever. We're, we talk about everything, and, and the Eagles are included, like we have been uh, this segment. But when the Phillies fire a manager, the, the you know the that's going to take precedent over anything else. Anyway, and let's so, face it, there's days. When there's no Eagles talk. Yeah, there's not a lot. To, we're not going to force feed some made-up topic. Yeah, yes. exactly right. You know. Exactly right. 
Uh, and I'm not cranky. I'm just keeping it real with you, man. So you can have your dude, feelings hurt all you want. Don't get duped, Rob. He's trying to dupe you, man. Don't let him no, dupe you. I'm just like, listen, I'm don't not cranky. You, I'm not, I'm not duped and I'm not cranky. I'm just keeping it real with you. If your feelings are hurt by that, then your feelings are hurt. So anyway, um, back to the Eagles, which we were talking about. Alec Hallaby and uh, John uh, Ferrari yeah. have both been elevated. Here's what's interesting. So they've both been elevated to assistant GM. Assistant? Now, one of the yeah, one of the reasons why some of these people that have been plucked from the Eagles the last couple months have been plucked is because they didn't have that title. And they went and took that title elsewhere where people are saying maybe that's a lateral move. Right. Part of the reason why a team can pull them away is because right. they can give them more money and give them a better right. title. A better Even title. though their duties gunner might not be the same, right. you know, exactly. might be the same exact thing. That's so right. I thought that was interesting. You can have more than one G, uh, assistant GM. You can do what you want to do with a team. It's your team, your toy. You can exactly. do what you want. Yep, exactly. Yeah, mm. it's not, it's not, it's not the norm to have more than one GM. But you know what? There's no rule says you can't. You can have three or four GMs if you want. Yep. Well, I mean, I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at, um, you know, uh, how Andy Water went to 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 Pittsburgh, and he's an assistant GM, but. In all actuality, from a from a standpoint of, of, of football operations, right, he's more so the GM as mm-hmm. far as talent evaluation, everything like that, because um they have a cap guy who's you know, and then they have him. Right, right. right. And uh Omar, Omar, Omar Khan, he's a he's a great dude. That's my guy, man. He I had I negotiated my contract with him my last four years in the league. So he's a real good guy, real mm-hmm. sharp dude, man. You know, but he's not necessarily a guy that looks and and and, and breaks down film and everything like that. Mm-hmm. We know that Andy Waddell, uh, Waddell does do that. So it, it may be it may say assistant, but it's right. actually he he is the gym. he he took over for Kev. You know what okay. I mean? No, no, yeah, and look, it made sense. He's gonna be he's gonna kind of run their their draft. He's going back to where he's from. As far as Andy Wydell goes, yep. he started his career there, um, and he's from there. So I, I don't, I don't fault the guy. I just think it's interesting if the Eagles want to hang on to some of these folks. I think they, they, they instituted a little bit of a change there. They just right. taking them and, and, and running with them. They man. are well, yeah. Hallaby. So Hallaby's more of a an analytics guy, yeah, um, for sure. And Ferrari's background, he worked for the league for a long time, the the NFL itself before he came to to the Phillies. So. These are kind of different guys. I don't know what you know what it means in terms of you know how this thing's going to work in terms of the hierarchy. Obviously, how he has the you know the final say here, but who is going to be sort of his Joe Douglas his or ear, his, his ear? Yeah, who's that guy who's in his ear? That that's the thing I think is well debatable I, right now. I know Alec. Uh, Alec is like his right hand man. That's um that's his right hand man. Like whenever I I did you know I used to do work for NFL Films, and I used to go um. At the combine, I interview coaches, and every time I fly out there, like three of the four times that I went out there, I was on the same flight as Alec and and and, and Roseman yeah. going to the combine, and uh, I'm sitting here talking to him. <laughs> what happened? I'm looking at the private chat. Xander said over under and Barrett getting guests from the softball game, zero point five. <laughs> what are you, guys? I I brought in a couple guests these last couple of days. You had two in seven weeks, not bad. Oh, jeez. Oh. It's a rough crowd. It's it's rough out there, Barrett. These streets are, are these, these streets, streets are real. Are rough. Yeah. They are, man. They are. Uh, yeah. Daz Deal said, 
Why is Rob yelling at us? <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm just you know tell I'm just trying to tell you what we what it's all about. That's what we do. And what I know do, I know yeah. every I know everybody's everybody's a program director. I get it. I get That's right. it. But That's right. I'm just telling you. That's what we're we gonna, do, Rob. It's stay in your ground, around. Rob. We got around. your back, bro. Thanks. We got Derek. your back. Thanks. Man. I'm with you. I'm with you. And Rob. I think Barrett. I, I think try. I think Barrett goes over, over well, point, point well, five guess. Yes. I try to, man. I'm, I believe in him. It's, it's hard for me to do that, bro. See, it's like, that's it right there. That's it. Because look, I mean, why is it hard? Because I mean, it's just just like I used to tell you. Hey, I used to get this all the time from these two back when I was working. You know, back when they was working at the shop with me, and and I'd be like, Hey, go interview that. I'm like. How am I gonna go interview him? I mean, what Barrett? You are a journalist. You are a journalist. You've crossed. You've yeah. crossed the line, man. Yeah. You Remember how hard it was for me bridge. to do that? Yes. Yes. You've it crossed the rainbow that, bridge, man. man. Look, hey, you're in the media now. Sean Sean McCoy doesn't play anymore. Matter of fact, he has a podcast now, so he should understand. Yeah. yeah. He's with. Uh, he, he's with. Uh, was it? I am athlete. Yeah. You know. So is that he, what it is? He yeah. should understand. So, like we said, Jalen Rager. Lashawn McCoy and one under and what other? I, be- I believe in him. I believe and I'm gonna come back, back and I'm gonna come back with Jadakus. That's right. <laughs> hey, you get Jadakus, we take Jadakus also. Get Jadakus too. We we'll take them all. <sighs> I Barrett, I'm, I actually I'm gonna go as far as to say two book two book there we guests. Go. Okay. All right. No, no, he's gonna no. shatter. No, no. He's gonna shatter the half. Don't let him off the hook. Three, three That's minimum. Awesome. That's man, awesome. Man. That's funny, man. If D'Gun was out there, I'd be working the crowd, bro. I know. Oh, Gunner, you're you're a machine, man. Digun always do what Digun does. That's right. right. I'll be working the crowd, baby. Guess what? We are finally going to unveil the top five AFC QBs when we get back. It's it's long awaited, long overdue. It was not easy, but I this was a tough, tough exercise. But we will do it. Yeah, it was. When we get back, we'll continue with that with that discussion. We got a lot of other stuff. Today is National Donut Day, as well. Later Ooh. in the show, we are going to give out our number, Ooh. our number one. Give you, you want, you give us your number one donut. Ooh. We will do that as well. A couple other little odds and ends too uh, to jump around to, but yeah, we'll do the top five AFC QBs. Talk some birds from OTAs when we get back. Don't go anywhere. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! mama. She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Hour number three. Welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, along with Barrett Brooks, Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. So uh, let me throw a quote to you guys. Excuse me, um, from Dave Dabrowski regarding Girardi. Uh, he says, quote, we're going to turn this thing around. I think we have the capability to do that. I think we need a different voice in the clubhouse. So I'll, I'll pass along some quotes from, from Dave Dombrowski as he's meeting with the media. All right, time for our top fives. We did it earlier in the week. We did our top five NFC quarterbacks. We're going to do our top five AFC quarterbacks now. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I I need it like a, a number two pencil because I did a lot of erasing and changing uh, <laughs> to my list as I went along, uh, which you know means that you're having some fun doing it for sure. You give it a lot of thought. But all right, who wants to start? You want me to want me to throw mine out there? You guys? Yeah, you guys go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. All right. Uh, one. <laughs> I'll go one through five. I'll work my way from one down to five. I go Mahomes. I'm talking AFC. Mahomes one. Burrow two, Josh Allen three, Russell Wilson four, Justin Herbert five. They're my top five. Say it again. Uh, Mahomes, uh-huh. Burrow, mm-hmm. Allen, Wilson, Herbert. Dang. Yeah. And there's a couple. There's one in particular that I really went back and forth on not having in the top five. I will tell you, there's one that really was – I'm still iffy on, frankly, but that's my top five. That's well, a lot of youth. There's a lot of youth there. Go ahead, I, yeah, okay. I'm surprised with uh, Burrow. Okay. But I'm going to go Josh Allen one. Allen? Yes. I'm going to go Mahomes two. Uh. Three, I'm going to go Russell Wilson. Four, I go Derek Carr. Whoa. And five, I go Lamar Jackson. Wow, Derek Carr, man. That's high. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm. That's an especially, interesting list. Especially what he mm. has now. Well, he's got Devontae now for sure. That's a that's a big time signing. There's our trade, excuse me. There's no question about that. All right, Gunner. Um, I'm gonna go Mahomes number one. Mahomes is still Houdini and Cleats. I think he's the most electric quarterback in the AFC. Um I, I go Russell Wilson number two. Russell Wilson is a nine-time Pro Bowler. He's won a Super Bowl championship. And when you look at what he has to throw to, Jerry, Judy, Cortland Sutton, and K.J. Hamler, I think he's going to put up some gaudy numbers this year. 
Number three to me is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is right on that cusp of being that next great one. You know, he had a terrible rookie year, obviously, but look at the way he bounced back last year. Number four to me is Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow led that team to a Super Bowl. Joe Burrow was sacked 51 times mm. last year. That kid is tough as nails. Got up off the carpet. He got great arm, obviously some great pass catchers, but he's got a great arm. And number five is, this is the one I struggle with the most going back and forth. I went Justin Herbert. Justin mm-hmm. Herbert was only one of two quarterbacks in the NFL to throw for over 5,000 yards last year. Um, he had 672 attempts. That's a lot of passing attempts. Um, Lamar Jackson was a close number six for me. It was it was between Herbert and, 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 and Jackson. Lamar Jackson is an electric football player, strong arm. Um, you know, he's gone to the playoffs numerous times. He had an off year last year. But I just think Justin Herbert is one of these kids on the rise right now. Of course, he plays for a Chargers team that's like looking at fool's goal every year. Mm. <clears throat> every year they look like the team to beat and they fade out down the stretch, you know. Um, and, and then I look at the talent we left off. The li- I left off my list. Lamar Jackson, Derek Carr. I couldn't put Deshaun Watson on the list because we don't know his availability this Same. year. Yep. And then Matt Ryan in Indianapolis now. You know, so, I mean, that's four quarterbacks that could have made a lot of people's list. But I think still Patrick Mahomes is the premier quarterback in the AFC right now. Yeah, for, that was the hardest one for me. Lamar Jackson was the toughest one to not have on that list. Yeah. I, I debated yeah. I, I debated he and Herbert, to be honest with you. I, I don't I don't think Derek Carr is on a top five, but I hear Barrett's point with Devontae. That could change, but as of right now, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Ryan definitely I, I think Matt Ryan's gonna have a really good year for the call. I think he's just gonna bring such stability to them. Yeah, that, you know, and he's gonna be I think he's gonna be real good for them. You know, and I throw Tannehill on there. If I'm doing like a 10, I throw Tannehill on there, but he definitely doesn't make a five. But I, I went a little bit of a leap with Burrow considering it's only his second or third going into his third year. But, man, he took such a leap last year um, from, from his rookie year when he ended up getting hurt. But, yeah, I would be – they made it a point of emphasis in the offseason to improve their offensive line, which I think was huge for, for Cincinnati. Um, but I just think the talent there, the swag, the confidence, and having Jamar Chase. Yeah. Man. And and I love Allen. I love Josh Allen. I love everything about Josh Allen. And I think you know Russell Wilson's going to be rejuvenated in Denver. Absolutely, he is. That's going to be fascinating to see what ends up happening with them because they already have a good defense. Do they? Do you guys think they have enough offense? If their guys uh, stay healthy, yeah. if they stay healthy, they got great running backs. They got three great wide receivers. Yep. You got a quarterback who can scramble, who's accurate on the run as well as standing in the pocket. He's a proven winner. Um, I think they can. They can I think this offense can put up some points in Denver. Well, the only, the only thing is they got rid of their tight end, and that that that's going to hurt true. a little bit. That's true. But uh, you know, I, I I had to put him at, at you know I, I had to put him at at number three. I mean, <clears> to me, Russell is. I mean, until you dethrone him, he's got to be there. I put Derek Carr in there because Derek Carr out out dueled Justin Herbert. You know, in the last game. Um, I like Derek Carr's chances because his defense is better than um than what they have with the Chargers, and um I mean I think he's an overall better quarterback at this point. Derek Carr's a better quarterback than Justin Herbert is right now, and then I got Justin Herbert at, at number six. Mm. I got Burrow at number seven. 
I think Burrow's still just a tad bit behind those other guys. Oh, man. Just a tad bit. But okay. you know what? My I I I have to go with I gotta go with Josh Allen. Um this year is the number one quarterback going into this year mm. to me. I mean, he's the number one quarterback going in it's ahead of Mahomes, Wilson, uh, Carr, Jackson, Ryan Jones, all of them. I would like to see Buffalo, you know, get to the promised land. Uh, I, I always liked Sean McDermott. I thought he was done wrong. Frankly, Andy did him wrong. I thought yeah, he did. Rock um, steel. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Uh, but also, they've they've lost in such like heartbreaking ways. Yeah, and, and some of that's on him. I, I'm not, you know, saying it isn't. It, it's definitely on him. They're they're at that point organizationally where they need to get over that hump. I think, or, or we're going to continue to. It's always going to be there for them. You know what I mean? Like they got to get over that hump. Buffalo does at this point. They're, they're still in the four losing Super Bowl. Um, mode yeah, <laughs> yeah. still no, there <laughs> i think you know the other thing i think too is like that the afc west is going to cannibalize each other Ooh. Like, that is such a nasty division Ooh, man. that they are just going to beat each other down man and i and i don't know that either strengthens you i guess or or you're limping into the playoffs man if you do get in not all those teams are getting in the playoffs no probably. heck no when i look at my list four out of my five quarterbacks finished in the top eight in passing last season and three out of the five came out of the AFC West. That AFC West is going to be one dog fight. And, you know, we keep talking about the quarterbacks, but every one of those teams have added defensive players as well. You know, yes. so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all comes into play um, as well. But, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to have to overcome the loss of Tyreek Hill, but he still has Travis Kelsey. He still got some good pass catchers on it. They added, what, Juju Smith-Schuster? They added Marcus Val- Valdez and Scanley on and to that roster. They drafted somebody too, I think. Yeah. They drafted somebody, yeah. and if anybody anybody can can pull a, a rabbit out of his hat, is Houdini Mahomes. Mm-hmm. You know, this dude makes throws that you sit there going, even at this stage, wow! Underhanded sidearm across his body, across the field. Um, I just think Mahomes is the most uh, exciting quarterback in the AFC. Lamar Jackson is an exciting quarterback with his ability to scramble and buy extra time. But I just think in terms of quarterbacking overall, I think Mahomes is, is still that guy. Mahomes to me um, is like a younger version of Russell Wilson in a lot of ways. We didn't see Russell doing a lot of the underhanded throws, you know, but Russell Wilson was a master at dip, dipping and dodging mm-hmm. uh, would-be tacklers and finding time and waiting until one of his receivers freed up. He can throw the deep ball. He's, he's accurate on the intermediate routes. And like you said, Rob, I think the, I think Mahone, um, Wilson is rejuvenated in Denver with with a collection of pass catchers he has. The only problem is last year that collection couldn't stay healthy. Yeah, you know, Hamlin missed time, Sutton missed time. Yep. But if, if they stay healthy, that offense in Denver can be lethal. I, I jo- think too. I think Kansas City yeah. is going to be really motivated too, guys, with yeah. the way it ended yep. last year for them. And you know, Tyreek Hill's gone, and everybody's saying, "Oh, that this offense is going to fall off a cliff." No. So I think Andy and Andy and Patrick Mahomes are going to be they're going to be ready to roll this year, man, in a big, big way. Not only that, Eric Bieniemy is calling the plays in, yep. in Kansas City. Eric Bieniemy is one of the best offensive minds in the game. Still shocks me that he hasn't got a legitimate head coaching no. uh, opportunity. Um, his day will come. What is this? The dog and cat show? What is today? happening, man? What is going on here? I was. Uh, I had some. I had 
I had for lunch. I had chicken fried rice and oh jeez, there we I, go. And she ate all the chicken out of it. Now there's no more chicken in it. Now she's she's mad because she wants some more. <laughs> and no more chicken left, Yoki. She won't eat the rice. She doesn't want the rice. She wants. It's the chicken. too healthy, man. She can't have can't eat that rice. She'll eat it, but if if I started off just giving it to her first, yeah, I didn't no. know she was that. You know, she's so spoiled I, by the chicken now. A little right bit. now, she just wants the chicken. So I, when she gets mad, she goes. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope I don't hear. <laughs> oh, whoa. Oh, okay, we are pet friendly, man. What Sports in the world is, is going friendly. on here? It's like she wants more chicken. She gets mad when she that does that. Interesting. <laughs> All right, so so a couple things coming out of the OTAs, and like I said, you know, Eagles players meeting, you know, with the media or whatever. Some of the 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 pictures of uh, you know in, in the video as well of AJ Brown. Dude, if you just looked at him and didn't know what position he played, I mean, I would think <laughs> linebacker. Like, he is yoked, like DK Metcalf. Yes, very similar. Yeah, I, you yeah. know, I thought you was gonna say D Gun. He's, he's like D Gun. He looks like D Gun. Yes. Now D Gun built like a weaver wobble. <laughs> I, but I'm telling you, man, he is torn up, bro. He, he's gonna be. Oof. And he's, he had an interesting line. He said about Devontae Smith, he said, look, I'm going to get all the number ones, which means he's going to have a monster year. He's not wow. wrong. Uh-huh. He's not he's not wrong. You Bro, can, you imagine being, Go ahead, Bear. can you imagine being a, a corner looking across at A.J. Uh, AJ Brown? Mm. <laughs> no. No. And he catches some little five-yard out. And right, you, you have to come up and support in in the, in the run game. Whoa, you got to make a business decision. And as we right, know, right. Quarter, quarterbacks in the NFL, most of them stink at tackling. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy yeah. though. I mean, there he he and Devontae are polar. Look, Devontae's a um, wiry guy, right? I mean, there's no not like enough fat. Like 165 guy. pounds. But, right. I mean, they you would never think you would never think those two play the same position. Right, right. Okay. You know what I mean? No. Just, just looking at them. It's crazy. So Brandon Graham also mentioned uh, it, it feels like nothing ever happened as far as the Achilles. He's got the same kind of range, same kind of athleticism. Uh, you know, said he's he's felt really good for a really long time. He feels great. I, I found it interesting when we had him on and we asked him about it. He said that the tougher injury, injury for him was when he blew the knee out. Yeah. And the, most people say Achilles is the worst. Absolutely. That's not where Brandon's at at this point. You know what? He nobody knows your body like yourself. You know, and I know a lot of players. You know, it's amazing. You 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 um, you know, we always talk about an ACL tear uh, taking um seven, eight, nine months to, to fully heal before you're ready to go. And uh, what was that DN in, in Baltimore came back in like six months? Um, oh, sucks. Terrell Terrell sucks. Yeah, yeah. Came back in six months. Now he said he, he he played started the regular season, and he said he didn't really feel like himself until like a month or two into the season. But the fact that that dude came back in six months to play after an ACL tear is phenomenal in itself. But you know, if, if anybody and Brandon Graham is as honest as the day is long, mm-hmm. if he says he's ready to go, he's ready to go. I'm, I'm I'm just crossing my fingers that it doesn't blow out again because, like I said, he's 34 now. It's not that and, one. It's the it's the other one. That's what yeah, happens. Everybody rehabs the you know the one and it becomes stronger than the one on the other side. 
and yeah. you start leaning on that Favorite. one. Favorite, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. And then all of a sudden, bam, the other one. So, yeah. I, I, keep, I, keep your fingers crossed. He'll be ready. I just I love that they can, they're back to being able to throw like a real rotation along that defensive line, like they did, that, like they had in 17. You, you know, I, with between, I mean, think about your defensive tackles, depending on what alignment they're playing. I understand that. But, you know, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, and Jordan Davis inside. Yep. You know, and then you go outside, and I'll throw Hassan Reddick. I know he's in sort of that hybrid mode, but you have Hassan Reddick, you have Brandon Graham, you have Josh Sweat. You still have Barnett there, where you're not counting on him for as much. I'm not. I'm not except for Barnett. penalties. Oh God, I'm believe me. I'm I'm not a, Brand, a Derek Barnett. I loved him coming out of Tennessee, but I've I've turned. But they have. I mean, they have a lot of a lot of weapons they can throw. A lot of ammunition to be able to throw at you here along that defensive line to keep these guys fresh. Yeah. Which has got to mean something in terms of getting to the quarterback. Well, I mean, conceptually, defensively, the number of ways in which they could take advantage of, of of matchups now is crazy. You know, if you got a team that that you know they have a team now that you can run the uh, the bare front. You know, the bare front is when you cover the center and both guards with defensive linemen. So now you have Davis in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. Hargraves and Cox on the two guards. Then on the outsides, you got you know any number of, of combinations. You can put um, you can put Brandon Graham out on the outside, and then on the other side, you can put um, Hassan Reddick, or you can flip it up. You can have both of the Johnson uh, defense, well, their linebacker slash defensive ends on the outside. Uh, Patrick Johnson, and then what's his name, Kayvon Johnson. Mm-hmm. On the outside, now you have to, you know, on passing downs, now you have those two guys that can cover if they try to leak a, a running back or something. Instead of blitzing, they can leak off and cover a back man-to-man or a tight end man-to-man. Or, you know, they got so many different ways in which they can use that, you know, the lineup of the and talent that they have, man. It, it, it's going to be tough for teams to really get a beat on what they're trying to do. If, if, if. If yeah, Gannon, it gets it together. Yep, puts yep. him in the right position to succeed. Right. Right. Yep, there you go. That's a I, big if. Think about the mysteries, right? The mysteries of the – we don't – I think a lot of us are still on the fence whether or not Jalen uh, Hurts is the guy. That certainly would be rank one. I would say after that, it's got to be Jonathan Gannon, right? Now yes. that he has weapons, what he what he really is, right? What he really is, I think, would be number two in, in that in that list. And then, then Steichen number three. Steichen's number three because we just – Again, he was so overlooked that first year because everything offensively we look at, we look at Sirianni. Like we we give tons of love to Jeff Stoutland, as we should. Yep. But we 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 hyper focus, excuse me, on Sirianni, and Steichen just sort of gets unnoticed. He, he's you know pushed off to the side. So yeah, now now that he's calling plays, Barrett, the coordinator it just got turned up a lot on the coordinators. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know? Oh yes. Yeah. They got to make way. their money now. They got to make right. their money. Yeah, and oh, and by the way, um, special teams took a step back last year. We're not Big. used to that. Yeah, we're not used Big. to that at all. I mean, Fit man, Fit used to have a, have us going. Yeah, you so, think about it. Other than other than um, Elliot, who was really good, Sippos stunk, and he got worse as the year went on. Right, he did. And they had about? Very, they had very little return game. You know, I mean, I know kickoffs are almost obsolete because everything's a touchback at this point. But their punt return game was terrible. Part of that was they were force feeding mm-hmm. Jalen Rager. But special teams have to be better next year. Absolutely have to be better, man. They be, they used to be a weapon. I mean, how many times did they did everybody else flip the field on us because of special teams? 
and us not, you know, being in the right place at the right time, making the right, you know, plays. I mean, you, you can you can you can change the tide on how the game is being played, but special teams and people we don't even use it as a weapon anymore. It used to be a weapon. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I used to enjoy seeing Dave Fit bring his guys out there. You know, it was it was exciting, you know, but then we had guys, you know, that can go out there and make plays, you know. I mean, you you, you put um, you know, you you put anybody back. You can't just put anybody back there. And we were putting we were rolling Greg Ward out there. Right. So you yeah, know, you, you, all you really wanted at that point was false security. Right. Yeah, exactly. It was, you know? it was returned by committee. Right. I mean, we didn't have. I mean, remember when we had Sproles back there? Oh yeah. yeah. You know, you mean, don't have a legitimate punt returner on this Brian team. Brian Mitchell no. back in the day. Yeah. Brian, I played with B. Mitch when he was yeah. with the Eagles. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I mean, there used to be a weapon. It's not a weapon anymore. Um, yeah, it's a problem. I need I need to see I need, I need to see so much stuff from this from the aspect of how these coaches are going to now use all this talent they brought into the room. I wonder you know if it's not Rager which I don't think it's going to be but if it's not I guess Gainwell. No. Um, I, I as a returner? I'm just trying to think of who it would be. See see uh, Gainwell see they had him on kickoff return but he has no speed, he has no breakaway speed. You know, when you look at the teams that have better returners, man, they got guys that can flat out that, that make you hold your breath when they get the ball. You know, right. The Eagles didn't have anybody like that in the return game. Well, all the actually, different guys they use. They actually do. Who? Um, the running back. I'm I'm, I'm going on and looking up now. Boston um, Scott? No, 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 no. The kid from Detroit. They came from Detroit. What's his name? Uh David? No. Huntley? Uh, no. Uh, yes, Jason Huntley. Huntley? On kickoff, Jay, on kickoff, Jason Huntley is a threat. Huh. We just didn't use him because he wasn't on the active roster because we had three backs that were on I mean, active that's, roster. Already. Barrett, you're still in that have an issue, aren't you? I mean, you have you're gonna have Miles, you're gonna have uh, Gainwell, Gainwell, and Scott. You're gonna have Boston Scott. I mean, yeah. in, if they if they don't bring Jordan Howard back, then he could make the team. He could. Right. He could. It's possible. Um, from the receiver position, they did have the the. Uh, you know, and and I know I know the stream loves him, Britton Covey. Oh, that yeah, the kid out of Utah that they yeah. drafted. Who yeah. was a it was a really good return man. He's a free small agent, dude yeah. though. Yeah, small free man. agent. And, and plus, like I said, he when you're that guy and you got the ugliest number on the team, forty one, it's not voting well for you. That not means good. a lot. That means not a good. lot for you. You know, when you're, you know, because they usually if you if you if they're thinking you're gonna make the team, they're gonna give you a number so you don't have to switch it later on. You know, say so you don't get a guy forty one. Jordan like, Davis has uh, said that he's slimmed down uh, since getting drafted by the Eagles. He's keeping himself in real good shape. What does good. that mean, though? Did he lose? I know. Uh, well, that's the question. Forty-five to three. I gotta say, he does look a little bit smaller. Uh, smaller. Small is the wrong word. He looks a little <laughs> bit more streamlined. He'll never look small. He looks, li- he, he looks a little more streamlined than he looked when they drafted him. So that's a good sign, right? I mean, considering where we're at right now. This early, well, he's I going think it's in the right thing. direction. You got to get the kid down to three thirty. You got to get him down to three thirty. I think. You know, I think three thirty is a good number. Yeah, three forty. Yeah. No, because then you start talking about stamina issues, uh, quickness off the ball. You got you got to get that kid down to three thirty and control him at control it at three thirty. I got can't let his weight fluctuate. They got to get him looking at Bruce Smith. Bruce Smith, when he first left um, Virginia Tech, he was right around 320. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, somebody brought him in and said, look, man, you got to get down. I think one tally brought him over and said, hey, you got to get down, man. They said for, for the rest of that year, he would get on the um, elliptical and be on the elliptical for an hour to two hours every day. Wow. And he dropped weight, got down. His optimal playing weight was 278. Mm. Like his number was 78. He got down to 278 and he became a monster after that. Monster. Yeah, look, it's 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 definitely part of this now, and it's part of being a pro for him is just that staying disciplined. I think his mom's going to live with him, which I, I guess will help. You know, maybe she'll keep an eye on him too. He, he won't. That seems like the thing now. You know, better when, um, better, better than better than having his mom on the field holding an umbrella over him. <laughs> you just not going to let that go, man. No, nope. <laughs> I, I have never seen it in all the years I've covered football. I have never ever seen that in my life. Before. It was strange, oh, man. You no, know, it happened though. I, me and Derek was me and Derek Standing were the ones right um, there interviewing, and he was oh, interviewing him, and, he, and she came up and and I looked at Derek. And you know, Derek can't hold his face. He don't hold emotions from his face. Nope. nope. And he was like, what? <laughs> we tried to interview the dude. And so I started to interview off because his face was just so tore up that he, you know. <laughs> that was a sign of things to come, man. And you know, and, and then his, his you know, he saw that and looked at Derek and he was like, I, yeah, you know, I, I you can't I, tell mom to go somewhere. You know, it's like oh, now nah, we're not on Stanford's campus anymore. Yeah, right. well, I mean, I understand. You know, I understand his mom's. You know, my mom's like this. My mom's like that with me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But not, not to that. Not to that. You just, but that's also one where you're a kid and like your your mom wants to walk you all the way to school. You're like, I got it. Right. Like right, I got. I'm right, good. Right, yeah. Right, I can't right. have to have the guy see this. Right, and like right, you can't right. have your mom out there. Like, let me get the umbrella. <laughs> You're a grown man playing a professional sport. You can't yeah. have your mom out there holding an umbrella over no, you, man. That's a bad one, man. I understand, man. But you just, I mean, just like you know, I mean, it seems like more more guys are are doing that. More guys are having their um, mother it's or it's some, you know, have their parents help them out a lot more than they did when I was in the league. You know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's different now. I mean, look at look at Ben Simmons. No. Oh. You know what I'm saying? His brother oh and his sisters stayed with him. Um, Michael Parsons, his mom lives with him. Really? Yeah, yeah. His mom lives with him. So you can get those home cooked meals. Right, yeah, right, right. And odds are you're probably not going as crazy at your place at, if mom is there, right? right that you right, if you right. were just left to your own, you know, devices. So that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing, that's for sure. All right, uh, we'll come back. We're going to hit a couple different things. We're going to do a little open talk, jump around a little bit. We'll keep uh, discussing some of the things that are being said at the OTAs here from an Eagle standpoint. But uh, I, I need your numero uno in terms of your go-to donut since it's National Donut Day. That is one of the things that we will tackle in addition to all the other stuff that we've been talking about. Derek Gunn, Barrett Brooks, Rob Ellis, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. All right, did you know I was the mommy slam dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, got fake a mama. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Final segment of the day of the week. In fact, welcome back in, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network, the Gun, B. Brooks, R. Ellis. We are here each in. Hi. We are here each and every. Woo, I'm hiding. I'm hiding. I got you. I don't know where Barry went. Uh, We're here each and every uh, Monday through Friday, 12p to 3p Eastern time. Hey, by the way, uh, check out our new website if you haven't had the opportunity, jacobsports.com, J-A-K-I-B sports.com. It is killer, man. All kinds of great content on there. Uh, You can link up to the show as well on there. So it it is perfect. It is really, really good. I think we we may have Barrett back. Is he back? There he is. We lost you for a second, bro. What are you going to get some more chicken for the dog? You're on mute, man. I said, no, the dog messed around and, 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 and kicked me off. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Dog oh, said, my Give God. me chicken, I'll fix you. Yeah, you right. You chicken? <laughs> yeah, okay, click. I'm not playing around anymore. I like it. I like it, man. All right, so I, I, real quick, I know we talked about this a little bit earlier uh, with Derek Bodner, but I wanted to ask you guys about this. You guys watch, and I know you both watch the game, but um, – the way that Al Horford has played for Boston during this playoff run, um, and last night was was spectacular again. That is nowhere near the same guy that we saw in Philadelphia. No. Nowhere near the same guy that we saw in, in Oklahoma City. And and I think Al Horford comes off to me like a really as a really nice guy, good dude. But you know, at some level, like that really pisses me off because <laughs> I'm sorry. Like when he was here, he stole money basically. Now I guess you could make an argument that he was just miscast here, 
And I think, you know, he probably didn't particularly enjoy playing with Ben Simmons and, you know, whatever. Rob, you, you just do you you have no idea what you're what you're what you're saying right now is is 100 percent true. I mean, he comes in and he gets indoctrinated into the culture that is in that locker room. Mm-hmm. When yeah. he, that culture up there that he has in Boston right now is is, is one that <clears throat> they feed off each other's enthusiasm. They want to play defense. They mm-hmm. want to be able to shut somebody down. They take it as a badge of honor to be the best defensive player they could be. Offensive, offensive mindset, they all have that. It'll all come. Yeah. But they take pride in playing defense and shutting a man down. That's the difference between wanting to be great and being great. Yeah. That's the difference between you going to the, you know, you're in the, uh, in, 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 in the playoffs, meaningful playoffs, as opposed to just getting to the playoffs. And yes. that's the problem. Yeah, I, I think it's fair. But, like, they're, you're right. You're right, okay? And there is a culture there. And the culture here is, you know, when things get bad, you just turn <clears> tail. <throat> that's what the Sixers have done the last two years in really big spots. But I see a guy who's got more explosion, who's got more energy, who's got more juice. And maybe it's because of all the, all the stuff that you're talking about with culture, Barrett. But I don't know. I just look at it. He was paying a hell of a lot of money, hell of a lot of money here to – to do very little, man. And and it just it bothers me about NBA players the way they just have no issues like just shutting it down and dropping anchor. And I, he's think, one I, think, I think it comes down to two things for Al Horford. Number one, you look at his age. Right now, it's the first time he's ever been to the finals in his career. And so now it's like, you know what? I may never get this shot again. I'm going out in a blaze of glory. Number two, I think it's the the culture. The, the, the locker room culture mm-hmm. from the coach coach's motivation to looking to your left and to your right and knowing that you're playing with a bunch of guys, they're going to give a hundred percent. And from what we're gathering, that culture changed. Lot. Yeah. It changed midstream because at one point this team was 19 and 20 something. Then they were 25 and 25 and nobody even was talking about Boston in January. You know, they were looking at Boston as a mediocre team and all of a sudden the light switch went on. And, you know, and look at where they are now. They survived a grueling seven-game series against Milwaukee, the number, number what, three seed. Then they took out the number one seed. They, this team is fearless. They're eight and two on the road in the playoffs. You know, um, they just – they play for each other. Look at the way they scramble on defense. You know, it, it's almost like a fire drill. You know, they're the only team that scrambles on defense. They sacrifice – it doesn't have to be Jason Tatum carrying his team. <clears throat> it's Marcus Smart one night. It's Jalen Brown the next night. It's Al Horford. Your leading scorer was Al Horford. The oldest, the oldest guy on the court was your, your leading scorer last night. Mm-hmm. So that's why, I'm the, balling, that's why I'm balling tomorrow. You what? That's why I'm <laughs> Yeah, but <laughs> – I mean, you almost made me spit up some water, man. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Look, Al Horford has done this the whole season. He's in shape. You sit down. You sit down every day eating fried rice and chicken. You you know, you are, you, are, you, are you referring to your fishing or your or your softball game? No softball oh. game. Wait, remember, no. AJ Brown got drafted, Barrett. Yeah, in baseball. Yeah. Okay, this dude yeah. can play ball. These so guys just, are training. Just beware when, he, when he's at the plate. If you're in the field, look out, dude. Bear oh. is out in his garage lifting a wrench, messing with his car. He's Bro, outside just, painting the underside of a boat. AJ Brown's lifting cars in his spare time. Yeah. You know. Hey, hey, I'm DHing, man. 
No, you're not. I'm DHing, man. Have you already oh, set that in place? You've already I, made it that will call? be. I'll establish that when I get there. <laughs> even if you It'll DH, checking order. Even if you DH, you got to run. What are you saying, Derek? I'm just saying you're gonna have to run. I'm just saying control your energy. Don't get out there and think this is Barry Brooks of ten years ago. You're not that guy. Anymore. Look, man, when you hit fifty. You're not down in the valley, but you're over the hill, bro. It just come, bro, just come to the hope, man. I got hope, man. I was on the same field with Brady, and he's still playing. So I got hope. There you go. What is what Brady? <laughs> what, what Brady? The Brady bunch? What Brady? <laughs> I was Brady on the same field with Brady. What? Yeah, it? Yes. Tom Brady's still playing as a professional athlete. You just living a dream of a wannabe athlete. There's a difference. And I'm not saying you can't do it. I hope you go out there and I'm crossing my fingers and I'm saying prayers that you don't get hurt. But I know what happens. We get out there, that mental weekend warrior kicks in, and we think we can do them same things we did. And all of a sudden, you find a butt muscle you knew it, never knew existed. <laughs> you got a hamstring muscle uh, 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 that you never knew could stretch that far. And, and you, know, you know what? And I'm going to have some stateside right there when I come to the side. See, you know what I mean? See what I mean? <laughs> His motivation is not winning. It's a cup of stateside. See what I'm saying? Brady's eating nothing that's organic. He's drinking like, you know, water yeah. from a from a fall somewhere. And His wife is out His Brazil. wife is out casting spells and stuff, yeah. you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you, unbelievable. Barry, go out there and have fun, man. But just, just, just come back whole. That's just all we have. Go out and have fun and just book some guests, man. That's I'm, all we need you. All right. That's, that's, I'm that's it. And just get the over. Over all half. Right. Over half. Again. Hey, Xander, hey, hey, Xander said you have to hit the ball before you run, D Gun. <laughs> I say man, you, man, I say you bunt. I think you just bunt, Barrett. You'll surprise everybody. Just lay and one see, down. Rob, Don't Rob, do it like Gene Segura. Hey, Rob, okay, that's okay. another thing. That slow pitch underhand, when that ball leaves the pitcher's hand, the closer it comes to you, the bigger it looks. And you salivating because you thinking you're gonna knock this ball out of the park. And all of a sudden you swing and all you hear is whew, and next thing you know, you pulling a rib muscle, you holding your ribs. I'm like, dog got it. I swung to so my butt. I'm gonna bring my own bat. There you go. I'm gonna bring my bat. I have a bat. Yeah, get the, the one with your name on it. Yeah, my name's on my bat. You can bring your own bat. Matter of fact, <laughs> yeah. I want you to hold I want you to bring the bat on the show Monday. I want to see if there's any ball marks on the bat. That's her bench made, by the way. Those guys are awesome. FYI. You know, I, I want to see, you know, Xander set the over under for Bear getting guessed at 0.5. I'm raising the bar. I'm setting it at two. I never showed you guys this one either. What is that one? It's a Mike Schmidt 1981 Ooh. NL MVP Adirondack autograph. What? What? Where pretty you sweet. That's pretty sweet. Uh, oh, you don't you don't keep that in the um you don't keep that back there in the box. I'm gonna get I'm gonna hang that. I was at my parents' house and I and I, I got it. So we'll do that. I, 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 I can one up, up I can one up you on that. I got I got official boxing gloves from Bernard Hopkins and Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh I have wow. um I have uh jerseys hanging in my car. I have autographed Brian Dawkins jerseys when he was with the Eagles and the Denver Broncos. That's awesome. Game jerseys. And um, I have a hockey a Flyers hockey jersey. Doggone it! I can't think of his name. He was a great player. I believe he was in the Hall of Fame. Now um, he was with Who the did Flyers. He, play for? he played for the Flyers. He played for Colorado and he played for the Flyers. Dang it! I got two Hall of Famer jerseys. All right, Sorry. now you know what you guys got. See now you guys got to make me up. I got to yeah. take Peter Forsberg. Are you talking about Forsberg? That's it. I got Forsberg's jersey. Oh, okay. Okay. Autograph oh, game I, jersey for Forsberg. That's it. I got That's great. Well, how did you come up with that? I don't. I don't know. I just like pure luck. 
he just knows this. He just knows stuff from that he shouldn't even know, man. I, I do. Sports junkie. Yeah, I, need, yeah. I need I need like a delete drive to get rid of. There's too much. <laughs> I'm overloaded, man. Like I got to go into the trash file and just get rid of some of it because there's too I, much. It's like oh, it wears you down. Wow. Yeah. I got Troy Palomalu. I got Jerome Bettis. I got a uh, um, a James Ferrier signed jersey. Mm. I got a, um, Ben Roethlisberger, Alan Fanica. That's three Hall of Famers I have. That's killer. Wow. Did you, Barry? Did you? Wow. Were you one? Were you like a Jersey trader at the end of the game at, with no, the opposing that, team? That started after I yeah, got That was before okay. his, that's after his yeah. era. The yeah. only, like, I don't mind guys. Doing, it's a bad look when you lose, though, when you're doing that. It right, just is. Right. It, you know, you lose a tight one, and you're out there hogging it up and giving it to you. You're like, dude, just do it in the behind closed doors. Dude, you'd be amazed at my, what I used to have as a hockey stick collection before I, I sold it. Oh. I had I had three Mario Lemieux sticks. Damn. Wow. Um, I had um, – Let's see, Ulf Samuelson, Shell Samuelson, Rick Tockett, Tom Barrasso. Um, all the old Penguins, yep. Yeah, but, I mean, I had the whole collection, and I I sold most of them uh, shortly after I moved here. The one I kicked myself for is um, I sold two of my Mario Lemieux sticks many years ago, and the third one, I had a producer named Michael Bennett in Pittsburgh, and uh, when I worked for NBC in Pittsburgh, and he was going to propose to his now wife, and he said, D-Gun, he said, um, you know, I want to give my wife a special gift. She's, you know, she's a big hockey fan. I mm-hmm. want to give her a special gift. It, can you help me get an autographed Lemieux stick? And so at the time, you know, I had, just like I had with the Eagles, I had ends with the, with the Pirates, uh, the Penguins, the Steelers. So from those yeah. three teams, I could basically get anything I wanted, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I said, you know what, dude? I'm going to give you my Lemieux stick because I was – Believe it or not, I was boys with Lemieux at one point, That's and Lemieux cool. would give me anything I wanted. So I gave him my Lemieux stick. Lo and behold, I never got another stick from Mario Lemieux. I wish no I kidding. did. I never my, got kids one. To, my kids went to school with Marlo, Mario Lemieux's kids, so I, I'm wow. not like once. I, I I was like around him like once or twice. Real good dude when I was around him, but yeah, like once yeah. or twice. That's cool. I was in I was in a low rent. Just like I had a townhouse that was over the hill down and in this little uh ravine mm-hmm. and he lived in the big house neighborhood like over the hill you know? right but they like right. looked down on us you know what i mean the so, house did he did yeah yeah dude that no, pirate, but, but, their pirates team in the early 90s those were my boys i have i still have a um, autographed barry bonds ball um you know van slight drabic all those guys jose lean those those were my guys man and uh bobby bonilla one of the greatest stories ever, man. You're still getting paid by the Mets after all these. I think he's he run is. out now. He was no, getting a million a year it's for twenty five years. He was getting a million dollars a year yeah. from the from the Mets. It's still yeah. going. Yeah, it's still going. Yeah, let me see what, what unbelievable. Year it yeah, wow. I'm pretty sure it, I, I, it's still going. That, that's interesting. By all, I mean, look, I I've only interviewed him. You knew him, Derek, but by all accounts, the Mario Lemieux was one of the classiest dudes that's ever played. No question. Yes. I mean, no yeah. question. Yeah, just just a really really good human. All right, so the Bobby Bonilla contract. Let's see. <laughs> what is wrong with Don Dickerson, man? John Dickerson. <laughs> dude, what is, what is wrong with this dude, man? <laughs> Gunner, he gets paid until twenty thirty five. Are you serious? He gets one point one nine every year until twenty thirty five. That's unbelievable. That's unheard what? of. 
He had his yeah. contract structured, so he got paid X amount of money after his his career was over. That is it's crazy. unbelievable. Well, you know, yeah. Mike Quick has something similar with the Eagles. Mike yeah. Quick was on Eagles payroll for a long time when Joe Banner was a GM. He used to drive Joe Banner nuts. Oh, I can they have to give a check from Mike Quick every year. Yeah, yeah. He, he said it was like it was like for ten years. Yeah, that, uh, he his, worked it out. Yeah, his was like maybe a couple hundred thousand, something like that. But yeah, still, Mike man. Quick. Yeah, still, that was a smart move. You know, Mike Quick, country boy from North doing. Carolina. Yeah. You know, he didn't need the money then. You know, he didn't. Yeah. He wasn't a. He wasn't one of these extravagant guys. Mm-hmm. Lived a very simple life. And you know, look at the life he lives now. You know, golf's every day, doing Eagles game. And Mike you know, does it right. He yeah. does it right. He did it right. You know, and then, me. Look at me. I got to work with you guys. <laughs> I was just about to say that you stole my line. <laughs> Here I am slipping with you guys. You know. Yeah. All right. Out fishing. National Donut right. Day. What's our go-to? Woo. Oh. You know what? I have to go with this donut that I had when I was up. Um, when I was inside the truck doing ESPN games. Okay. We um we went to this donut shop in it was in Oregon mm. and um at the University of Oregon and it had it was a it was a it was a uh, um what is it it had bacon on the top of it put it like Ooh. that you know what I'm saying caramel yeah. and bacon up on top and it was one of those long what? john those long john or whatever called yeah 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 it was one of those it didn't have anything no filling inside of it but it was just those long donut like that with that caramel over the top, and then bacon bit me, ba- real bacon laid on the top of it. Damn, man! I, I had a bro, on the donut, man. Bro, I had two donuts, two donuts, right? And I was walking to it was like it's like a mile to the uh, stadium where our hotel was. Okay. So I walked, to the, bruh. I got to the after I finished my last piece of that donut, I was probably like maybe fifty feet away from the truck. He gets me a truck. I turn around, walk that mile back, <laughs> got me four more donuts, and then walk that mile back to the truck. <laughs> and I sat there, and I, I tell you, by the end of the game, I had finished all four of those donuts, man. That's awesome, man. One for each corner. One for each quarter. I, I can't put no bacon on my donut, bro. I can't do that. <laughs> I've bro, never been – I never I'm liked, amazed. like, the sweet and, and salty combo. I, I, it's yeah, never been man. a big thing of mine with, with that kind of stuff. But that's, wow. that's a different one. How about you, Derek? Oh, my go-to donut is a blueberry donut. I love blueberry oh, okay. donuts. Like and my that. close second is a French crawler. Oh, my goodness. They're so good. good. With a cup of milk. Um, yeah, I, I don't eat them often like I used to. But when I do, go, anytime somebody say, hey, I'm going to get donuts, they automatically know D-Gun got to have a blueberry donut. I no never, you know, I've never, I've never been a huge, like, cream-filled Me neither. No, donut. No, I, it's no. just, I, it's never been. I, I could go. I like just like a, a plain covered with either chocolate or vanilla, like I, or or an old fashioned, just glazed. Yeah, they're yeah, strong, yeah. man. Yeah, I dip them, dip them in anything, man. It, it, they're good go to. Yeah. Oh, and, yeah. and, and, and and don't 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 have me drive by. I look over and I see that red light on. Oh, a Krispy Kreme. Oh, when I see it. the oh, red light good. on, those glazed donut. That's all what? I had to say. The red light on. The red light is on. I'm stopping what? in. Yeah. Oh yeah. What? Oh, I'm yeah. making a U turn. Yes, right. <laughs> you get them when they're hot. I mean, those hot, those hot uh, glazed donuts. No, oh my mouth, goodness, man! Melt in your mouth. We Whoa. used to in high school at, at on I think it was Fridays. You could get like a freshly, you know, like coming out of the oven donut, man. Ooh. And oh, oh, forget it. Oh, no forget question. it. You didn't need anything else, or you just pound down about ten of those things, and you're done for the rest of the day, oh, man. They bro, were, but goodness. But can you can you imagine 
a donut being that good that you would walk an extra two miles just to get it. Wow. <laughs> it was amazing, bro. That yeah, you cool. know what? But the thing is, you weren't kicking yourself for going back. You would have kicked no. yourself if you didn't go back. Right, exactly. You made the right decision. You made That's the right exactly decision. exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't second guess yourself ever. Um, I want to throw this one past you. Phil Knight made an offer to buy – Phil Knight of Nike fame – made an offer to buy the Blazers. Right now, what? it's it's not going to happen. Yeah, I think that's going to be – that would be fascinating, man. If yeah, he, what? If he would take them over. Would they have 32 uniform combinations like the University of Oregon? You know Bro, what the worst is? I, I don't mind Oregon's uniforms. I, I think that they their basketball court with that faded – you know that yeah, – yeah, It's man, ugly. Man. That sucks. Yeah, It just looks old and beat up. It's awful looking. It, it, yeah. to me, it's, it's just their, ba- their basketball floor. It's just got this weird design to it, but the, the, and it's a – it's a Nike thing. It's it, it's as bad as what's what's the college football team that has that orange field, that oh, blue uh, field, and yeah, uh, no, that's it, uh, 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 in a conference with Utah and all those schools. Um, Idaho, uh, no, 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 Boise, Boise State, Boise State. Yeah. You know, whoever did that should be slapped across the forehead. For, the Smurf turf. Yeah, that thing is the ugliest football field I've ever well, no, seen. No, I tell you what, um, feels worse than that is Eastern Washington. That oh. red field. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. And uh, I get like those those schools are look are looking to distinguish themselves a little bit and stand out a little bit. So I understand it, but I'm not a fan. I do. I, you're right. The no, red is no. really tough. No, it, you're right. That's really one of the ugliest courts I've seen ever. It just looks like it's old and faded out. And meanwhile, it's not. It just you know it it's trees. Like, yeah, it, they're actually trees. Are they? Yeah, that's what they're supposed to be trees. And now that I look at the you know the. The rendering is supposed yeah. to be trees, and it, it, it doesn't have that effect. They don't. It doesn't look like trees. See, like, that's a prime. It. That's a prime case of when you have too much money, you don't know what to do with your money. Yep, exactly. that's the problem. That's the problem. Yeah. You try to get too cute sometimes. Yeah, no, there's no question about that. It, it's interesting. So, uh, Jalen Hurts meeting with the media. Um, you know, I, I thought it was pretty cool. He he's a very um, aware guy, and he started his his press conference talking about you know some of the the victims of gun violence of late yeah, yeah. and he said quote fear don't belong in those places talk about schools yeah i can't even imagine my little cousins not coming home from school my little sister not coming home school. my dad not coming from work that's and his dad works at school that's that's awesome it's, it's awesome that he's thinking in those terms yes. it's not just about football and he's looking out for you know again what's uh but that doesn't that that's one of the reasons why players love this guy Yep. Now you got to be able to perform on the field, but it's one of the reasons why he is a very thoughtful, uh, aware dude. Again, comes down to being able to play. I understand that. I'm just saying he's got that part of it, man. In, in See, that's why you can't help but root for a guy like that, man. Like I said, he's far beyond his 24 years of age. Well thought out, well schooled in terms of how to handle himself in front of the media. Can handle the pressure that that a lot of people in their 30s and 40s couldn't handle. You know, he's been well-trained in terms of being on a big stage and, it's, and expecting the negativisms to go along with the positives. The, the only way he's going to, to drown out the negatives is if he produces positively. So that's why I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts and hope he exceeds everybody's expectations to get a lot of people who have been doubting him up to this point off his back. Yeah, and I think the other real advantage that he has is, and I truly believe this, I don't think he here. I don't think the outside noise negatively affects him. No, I, I, 
I, don't I really don't. And I know all, everybody says that now. I don't, I don't, I don't pay attention to social media. I don't he hear hears it. it, but he doesn't affect them. No, yeah. I'm yeah. telling you, man. Like, I, I just think this guy's just wired differently. And that's a great thing for, for the city he plays in and the position that he plays. You have to be that way. And I, and yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, it's hard not to, to root for the guy for sure. It doesn't mean you think you're convinced that he's going to be the guy. Cause I'm not convinced. Right, he's the guy. right. Right. But, but I need to see what he can do here, um, you know, on the field, but, He's been put in the in the best position, certainly in his NFL career, to succeed with these. I'm telling you, man, the AJ Brown addition just flipped everything on its ear for that offense. You have now two studs right, outside. Right. You got a really good Dallas Goddard, a good running back in Miles Sanders, and it not only a good offensive line, a deep offensive line. You know, There's I don't a lot think, there. You're right. I don't think they make the move to get Bradbury if they hadn't have gotten AJ Brown. I really <clears> don't. I agree. I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And I. And I think some of this is you could view it two different ways. You know, with the addition I make, they either really believe in Jalen Hurts or they're they're trying to do everything they can to give him everything to to prove one way or the other what he is ultimately. And I think he's he's up to the challenge. It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. I you know we're not gonna see him in preseason. I don't think any preseason games. We're not gonna know until that first game of the regular season. We're gonna hear the reports. We've already seen the reports today. Oh, he was red hot. He was connecting with everybody. And blah 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 blah. We'll find out how real it is once the season starts. So it's going to be a bit right. of a mystery before we go in. But I, I, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what this is going to look like, especially now. And if you didn't, if you're just tuning in, uh, we talked about it a little earlier. Shane Steichen is going to be playing, uh, doing being the uh, primary play caller with input, obviously from Nick Sirianni and others. You know, who, who if Nick Sirianni wants something, he's going to have the ultimate say in it. Yep. But that's going to be interesting. For sure. All right, guys, it was fun. It was a fun uh, week. We had a little bit of a shorter week with the with the holiday on Monday. Barrett, no, have fun we can't with be you. done. We, we're yeah, we're done. done. We can't we're be done. All right, no. you, I'm, I'm telling Dan Cilio we're going extra time. I'm going to let him know. We're going until 7 tonight. How's that? Man, got four in you, Gunner? That's right. Yeah, we're going to Bogart Cilio. I we, should, we, should, we should all go on his show one day and, 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 and get on his chat. And, and rough him up the way he, he gives on hours. That's what we should do. I like it. I like it. Dan, Dan does a great job. He had Doc Rivers on yesterday. It was uh, it was a lot of fun for us this week, that's for sure. Appreciate all you guys in the comment section. Smash the like button. Tell a friend for sure. Let's keep this thing rolling. We'll be back with you guys next week at 12 o'clock. For Derek Gunn, Derek, have a fun weekend. Barrett, you guys have fun. You do the same, bro. Be, be safe. I, I'm, I'm Maybe. confident in you. Maybe. You're booking guests at the softball game. They're going to go over half a person. You're going to crush it. And, two, uh, two. 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 I'm setting the bar, too. All right. Thanks to Xander Krause, our producer, as always, and all of you, all of you for streaming and listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am Rob Ellis. Have a great weekend, everybody. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every... Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.